and welcome to the Computer Game Show. My name's David Turner. I'm here with Matt Murray. Hello. James Farley. Hello. No Sean Bell this week because he's moving. Uh, so we found a man that literally flew all the way to E3 to watch pornography. It's Chris Pratt. It's always the VR porn one that gets remembered. I, what? Uh, every time. It, um, it is an amazing video, though. Like, I mean, I, I was absolutely cracking up watching It's a very uncomfortable and awkward video that I'm sorry you've had to sit through. But yeah, thank you for having me on. I, yeah, very much appreciate it. So what was it like? What was the VR porn like? Did you um, enjoy it more than you made out? So the not no, I think it was so. I think there was a little bit of performance to the video, just because that was the only way I managed to cope mentally. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. So as an actual experience, um, at the beginning of the video, I think I say something really weird, like <laughs> I read quite badly to just first putting the headset on, and I I say she's massive, <laughs> which sounds really really bad. But what I actually mean is the <laughs> the proportions within VR porn. <laughs> Are really fucking weird. Um, because I I believe the way it's being filmed is that the 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 guy in the in the uh in this porn setup has like uh, a camera on his forehead and it's sort of a fisheye lens to capture everything that's going on around him. And that does some weird things to proportions. Where yeah, when someone gets really close to his head or your head as you're wearing it, really big, and that's that's sort of scary. Um, <laughs> I just, yeah. I mean, if you haven't seen the video, go on YouTube and search for it because there's, I mean, this isn't in like a little private booth. Um, it's literally out on the show floor with hundreds of people queuing up to try it out. Yeah, that was the, that was the other side of that. Um, yeah, it, so I we accepted the the meeting before we went out there. Uh, we just got this random email like out of nowhere. It's like, hey, we're not in America. We're demoing this thing, and it was so bizarre that we accepted it. And I accepted it, expecting it to be in some seat. I expected CD. I expected it to be <laughs> hidden away somewhere in some dark yeah. room. But no, it was like, yeah, like you say, it's very much out in the open and people queuing up and watching you watch VR porn, which is like, even if even if I wasn't alarmed by how massive everyone was within the virtual reality, I was definitely alarmed by how many people could see me watching porn. And I don't think this is, I mean, there's a bit of a stereotype for people that work in porn that they're just, I don't know, a little bit creepy. Mm -hmm. and, and the guy that was showing you the headset, I mean, I don't know if you're in contact with him, so you don't have to slag him off, but <laughs> he did kind of play into that. I was yeah. kind of, he was talking about it so matter-of-factly, like, and I was kind of like, this is just, I don't know what to feel about this guy. This is just all too odd. Like, I mean, I, I really appreciate it because it made the video anyway, because I, I, like, I wasn't expecting him to sit down next to me afterwards, and we had this like, very <laughs> weird very short interview where yeah I, I yeah i was just trying to form sentences and hope that he didn't realize how uh weirded out i'd just been and yeah he was it's like right up in my business straight away it's like <laughs> vr porn headset off very like overbearing man right next to me <laughs> uh, I, I always humanize that stuff i always think about how that guy goes home probably like i don't know if maybe he still lives with his mum and just goes oh what did you get up to today? Oh, yeah. I was just showing all this porn, but now it's 3D and they can look around and look at all sorts. It's just, I don't know, it's weird, just weird. But uh, watch that video, it's an absolute classic. <laughs> um, right, we, we've got a little bit of uh, um, 
was it paperwork to do? Is that the right way to put it, Matt? A little bit of follow-up. Yeah, a little bit of follow-up going on because we've had a, a number of tweets from people that were complaining about the details you were giving out about the uh, NES controller that <clears> Nintendo are selling for their uh, the NES Classic machine. Uh, you fucked right up, mate. I don't, I don't know where you got... Well, I do know where you got £30 from because I yeah, saw it you, listed yeah, as well. Yeah, you saw it. I think maybe what I said, I said the new, new, new NES controller was 30 quid. I think maybe I got that price on like, the day it was announced and uh turns out it's actually only eight pounds um right so from that's, that's the first retailers thing. now yeah what's even worse is that for the past few weeks we've been talking about xbox live on pc and how microsoft could make quite a bit of money for that because they'll want to be selling xbox live gold uh, to pc players and it was pointed out to me today that uh, our old friend major nelson has confirmed that they're not actually going to charge pc players for playing xbox games online so that's all I'm saying is that that guy that was moaning about us on YouTube last week may officially have a point now. What was he? What did he say? You know, fuck all. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know fuck all. That was, that was world end. <laughs> yeah, but the, the point the point we made was still valid though. They're still going to make money out of it, even if they're not getting the subscription. How do you mean? What just by sales of just the yeah, just just software. by selling games. Yeah. yeah, but I do think that's kind of weird that you got you got PC players that are going to have the same benefits as as Xbox One owners. And um, they're not going to have to pay for it. I don't, I don't know how they're going to work, how they're going to twist that into a good thing. I mean, mm. they always they already seem to be trying to by going, ah, oh, we're not going to charge you PC gamers. But then isn't the Xbox One owners going to go, hold on, you know, should, should we be paying for this then? <laughs> what, what's, what's the deal here? It's weird. Do you know anything about this, Chris? Uh not really. I did click on the... So I've just upgraded to Windows 10. I accidentally clicked on the Windows Store today when I was aiming for something else on my toolbar. Um, and I, That's how they get you. Yeah, that I brought it up. And I, I was like, okay, I'm just going to have a quick glance at what the Windows Store is actually like and what kind of stuff um, they want me to buy on here instead of going over to Steam, which was actually the next thing in my toolbar that I was aiming for, which is sort of perfect. And it was like... You can buy Quantum Break right now to play on your PC for forty five pounds, and Jesus. then Snap I it up, closed Chris. the window, unpinned it from is, the toolbar, the <laughs> bargain, and went over to Steam. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I mean, uh, it's it's always been very odd. I, I've always found that very odd when even buying digital stuff on Xbox One because you'd expect it to at least be the same price as buying it in the in the shops, but that's never the case, is it? It's always five five or ten pounds more expensive and you just kind of think, well what are the benefits? At least if I buy the disc I can sell it on. Uh, yeah. especially console games and I stuff. I know but... I know for a long time they it was to keep the kind of brick and mortar stores uh happy because they the they need they need them still to sell the Xbox Ones and the PlayStation Fours in the first place. Yeah. Um yeah, it's it's it feels so outdated now when you see digital products for like for those kind of prices. I don't know who is who is buying Quantum Break for forty five pounds on their PC. <laughs> I genuinely they can't be selling anything there. Um, and which which is probably explains why they're trying to make it more attractive and dropping the Xbox Live fees and everything because they they're going up. Like you just can play. Have you ever actually looked at the Windows Store and compared it to what Steam looks like? It is unbelievable. I don't know why you'd ever. Why you'd ever want to buy games there? No, it's it, it, it's, it's weird, and I I kind of see I kind of see a benefit of actually introducing like a paid system for the PC. Not so much for to try and challenge Steam, but if they were to bring games with gold to PC and sort of do you know play anywhere, mm. even with backwards compatibility stuff, that would be you know really good. But I, and I think people would pick up 
pick up on it on PC, but by the sounds of it, they're not aiming for that at all, and they just want people to buy the software, and for that price, I just can't see it happening. And not only that, the the quality of the games has not been anything that would... There's not been a system seller there so far, really, has there? Uh, Not been exclusive to Xbox. So I'm kind of thinking, you know, what what's that game that's going to turn everyone on to uh, playing Xbox games on their PC? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe we were giving it too much uh, benefit of the doubt, Matt. But there you go. Um, the other thing, Chris, have you ever been to a McDonald's party? A McDonald's party? Oh, God, like, uh, I think when I was a kid, I may have had a party that ended up either there or Pizza Hut. Right. Did they give you a tour of the kitchen and everything? Holy shit, no, I don't think... I don't right, think I okay. ever want to know what's in the kitchen of a McDonald's. See, this is it, because th- this was a throwaway comment I made last week. When I was a kid and you'd go to McDonald's parties, you'd go and tour the kitchen and go into the fridge. <laughs> and um, it turned out that, that that blew up on Twitter, that revelation. There was people that, that went into the fridges and people that didn't. Neither side believed each other for some reason, <laughs> and it almost started a world war. And who got involved, Matt? Um, Tiny Temper, perhaps, you kn- <laughs> perhaps you've heard of him. What on? What the hell has been going on? This sounds incredible. Which side of the argument was then? Um, he he has had a fridge tour. Okay, <laughs> he's, been, he's, he's seen freezers at McDonald's. Yeah. So it's it's, it's not the kitchen tour itself that's that's disputed. It's specifically whether or not you go to into the fridge itself. Yeah. Well, that yeah. was well. My argument was that was the best bit when you walk into the fridge and you're like, <laughs> and they're saying why it's just meat and that, and I was I don't know, but I remember like, it being a big you, deal when I was a kid. Can you explain what did you actually do there? Because I still don't understand. Well, someone said on Twitter that they were taken in there and the member of staff shut the door and turned the lights off for a bit to, and everyone screamed and then they opened the door and let them out again, right? And I can't remember if that was done to me, but it probably was. I can't remember. Maybe I blocked it out. Maybe I need to, need to go and get therapy to see if I can relive those moments. But um, I think that sounds about right. So I guess that was it. But you just kind of go through the little plastic flat bits and look around and go, oh yeah, there is meat in here. And then you walk out again, and then you tell your mates what you saw. Yeah, well, <laughs> we, 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 we had so much response on Twitter; it was mental. I mean, um, um, uh, Steve said he went one to his party. He went one. He went to one of his parties, and some lucky kids got to make a hamburger and eat it, which is what? something. Someone else, Caroline, said yes, they did, and they went to see inside a fridge. Um, Slady said he went. It went. It was in the eighties, and he went, and it was, he saw inside a fridge freezer. Someone else said they worked at McDonald's at a time, and they got to lock kids in the freezer. Yeah, that's um, what that's what I'd heard. Someone said they don't they didn't do it in McDonald's, but they did do it in Pizza Hut. So th- this thing is getting even bigger. This, this thing is going global <laughs> now. Um, yeah, it, wow. it's insane. But I've, I've, our Twitter feed's never exploded that much ever before, <laughs> just because we asked about I just about found the McDonald's tiny temper tweet. This yeah. is yeah. this is just amazing. <laughs> what? Yeah. It's, uh... Yeah, so Thai Temple got involved, and I, I, I mean, we harass McDonald's all day. I've emailed them, no response from them yet, no official statement from them yet, uh, at least. <laughs> um, but Thai Temple confirmed it, so in many ways, that that's the real that's truth. That's what you need. And that's yeah. what um uh that yeah that's what we need. We just need the the big thumbs up from Mackie D. But look, the, 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 they'll never admit it because it was during a very strange time in the world where that <laughs> stuff didn't matter. Like, I mean, if if, the, if Twitter was around back then, 
probably wouldn't have happened. They probably would have locked that down a lot quicker. But for some reason, it was rife in the 90s. And anyway, there you go. So if anyone's <laughs> listening, they do work for McDonald's or they know someone at HQ, please get involved. I will not rest until this investigation is officially closed. What are they trying to hide? That's why I don't know. Why exactly, did they stop it? Exactly. There's a reason that they don't want you to look inside the fridge slash freezer anymore. Well, someone tweeted in to say that they'd heard a rumour that someone got locked in there and died. But I <laughs> that don't... sounds like the kind of thing you would hear on, on a playground Absolutely. The, the week after that happened. Absolutely. Oh there's no doubt about it. Right, okay, um, let's get back to computer games. Uh, there's been some news this week, and <laughs> the news is Sonic is back. now. Never, never went away. I've got so two games were announced. Uh, it's the 25th anniversary of Sonic. Is it? Is that what they're celebrating? Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, I booked the week off. It's massive time for Sonic fans <laughs> everywhere. I, I'm not sure why why you would celebrate 25 years of Sonic. To be honest, but and this is what I want to say, right? Sonic is an easy target, and everyone bashes on Sonic, and I kind of get it because these two games that are coming out. There's one called Sonic Mania, which is sort of like a 2D uh, old school, you know, Sonic One vibe to it. Um, and that's the one everyone seems to be excited about. And then there's another one, another uh, one coming out at the end of 2017 called Project Sonic, which seems like your uh, more traditional steaming pile of shit. But the the problem with Sonic is that these teaser trailers now are coming out and all this stuff's coming out about celebrating Sonic and stuff. And I kind of think they've lost that that um, uh, not that, that right to sort of play on hyping up their games now. Like They've let put me personally down because I was a, a Sonic fan when I was a kid and I feel they've let me personally down enough times for me not to like get massively excited about this I mean how many times have we heard that Sonic's going back to its roots this is going to be it the big return of Sonic and 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 then we've played the games and we're like Jesus Jesus Christ what is this um so I'm I can't I mean Matt you're the big Sega fan amongst us like how did you feel when you saw these trailers I mean, I'll be honest. So, Sonic Mania did look good. It did, it did, it did excite me. It had like it had the old music. It looked like I mean, so essentially, Sonic Mania is revamped or redone versions and zones and acts from previous games. With I believe there is some new levels as well. I so have even no this idea. That, that wasn't even like... this isn't a new Sonic game. It's just like old stuff rehashed. But um. that's weird. I, I it's genuinely, like, yeah, it's like a remix kind of thing. I yeah. genuinely yeah. thought it was a brand new um, Sonic Adventure. <laughs> but it turns out it's not I, uh, to be fair though I'm not that bummed out about that because I would if it's like if they've redone it all in HD and all that sort of stuff then I mean I'd I'd, I'd play well, I it I hope they have <laughs> it's just it's SD just that's fine big balls it, it looked really pixelated and like not that great in the trailers yeah but they that were, I mean those trailers weren't they didn't show full gameplay full screen gameplay did they it was all it looked all of it zoomed in and out for the mm. for the attitude <laughs> to try and get that attitude across, but um, but yeah. So, what did you think of the other one? Well, I mean, Project Sonic. I mean, the three D one. I mean, we don't know anything about that. That's not even what it's called. We don't really know much. I mean, a new three D Sonic game interests me. I mean, I love Sonic Adventure, but was Sonic Adventure good or was I just young and no. Sonic was, Adventure was, was not... the Dreamcast just like amazing it in my head? Awful, and actually, was the it game was rubbish. James, it, it wasn't that bad. The game it, was no, good, no, right? it, Okay, it wasn't an awful game, but if you go back and play it now, it's pretty terrible, well, Yeah, actually. but I'm sure lots of games like, are shit if you play them now. No, no, but... no, no. You, okay, you think, like, Mario 64, you can still go back and play that. Yeah, it's, but you're like, talking about, like, the the peak of the Yeah, you're talking about one of the, most, the best games of all time versus... I know, but Sonic, Sonic, Sonic Adventure is... Sonic Adventure is really, like, not... 
even very playable. It's it's a mess. Seriously, try just try. I because the other day I reinstalled uh, Sonic Adventure because it is now on backwards compatibility now. I can't remember what on Xbox One. Yeah, no way. Or maybe not. No, I played it on 360 because it was it was out on 360, and I thought oh, I'll, I'll just try that again. I played that for a, quite a few years, and I was just shocked like at how yeah how broken like especially the movement in it is. It's it's terrible. What about the bit it's, where it's... the whale goes through the dock? That yeah, well, that's that's the thing. It's the first the first <sighs> level is good. It's the only one that is actually good. But then also even in that, it's the kind of thing like you have to keep moving, otherwise you know you fall through the scenery and all that kind of thing. It's it's not aged well. It's aged really badly. Hmm. Chris, mm. were you were you a big Sonic fan? Are you excited for twenty seventeen? I'm afraid I wasn't. I mean, I I am very aware that Sonic fans have had a pretty rough time uh, for quite a long time. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, pretty much from the transition from two D to three D, as far as I understand. And so I'm know, glad that like they've Sonic got something. Car. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad Sonic fans can come together and not be sad for a little bit. Um, but it's it doesn't do a huge amount for me. I never really. Uh, fell in love with the originals. I'm sorry. He's he's okay. He's he's very he's very fast and he's he's got attitude. That's all I really. <laughs> he waggles that finger like he, he just does not care. He certainly <laughs> does. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I mean. I don't know. Maybe. I. I those. I got a lot of feelings from watching that that um, Sonic Mania trailer. Like they're, they're sort of nostalgia come flooding back, and Definitely. actually, I did like that game back then. But um, uh, yeah, the, the second one didn't really do it for yeah, me. Yeah, I, I feel like it's the problem as well because it, we it, the all the all the kind of excitement seems to be around Sonic Mania, which is the throwback and the what what looks to be a collection of redone levels from previous games, whereas the actual new Sonic game, Project Sonic, whatever it will end up being called, people are a little more muted about. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, there, there wasn't that much. Shown, Shouldn't it be though, the other way around? Yeah, absolutely. But I think the fact that um, there's been this sort of line drawn in the sand where the 3D Sonic games were, you know, less successful than the than the 2D ones. So maybe people are just happy to go back to 2D for a bit. And and I mean, people have been crying out for. For sort of like a HD remake of Sonic One and stuff like that, it wasn't there. Um, a bunch they've, of they've fans. Released, they've released like tons of things. Like with this is why where it's true that whole idea of like the Sonic cycle of like you know we've we've already you know we're going to try it again and we're going back to our roots like you said and all that. Like they've done Sonic One, Two, and th- no, not three. Sonic One and Two have been like re-released, like in like sort of not in HD but you know sort of remastered. And um, there was also like Sonic Four as well, which came out, which was. That did so badly that it was supposed to be like an episodic game, but they only they did episode one, and episode two, and then it just stopped. And I think because nobody liked it, because it was it was not very good. Wasn't Sonic Generations meant to be half decent though? Yeah, that was supposed to be pretty good, but that that was another like um, anniversary on, wasn't it? It was like another. It was like a mix up between. But again, that was another one where like everyone liked the two D stuff, but the three D stuff, everyone. Oh, that's hated. right. Yeah, it had three D elements, didn't it? And the, the, yeah. the first time I saw that, I was like, oh, not really. But you're right, Matt. I mean, Sonic R wasn't bad. I liked. What was the, uh, the What was the Sonic game that came out for the Saturn where you could yeah. Sonic Jam? Sonic Jam. That was it. Three yeah. D bits in that were all right, weren't they? It was a bit like. And when Sonic was in Knights, that was okay. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. I I don't know if I can love that character again. He's pissed me off so many times, and his all his friends are dickheads. But then <laughs> it's, it's the same so with that, James. That's the, so. that's the other yeah. That's that's the, that's the other thing they do though. Is like every time they always say we're not going to put any of like you know the Sonic shitty friends thing in, and then have they said that? Big, is that an official quote? 
from no, the series. No, it's like shitty friends. Come on, twenty seventeen. They say that they're not going to do it, and then it always ends up where there's suddenly there's a load of new ones or whatever that nobody cares about. Yeah. It's like, I'd love that if that was on the box, like a little bullet point on the box. <laughs> no more shitty friends <laughs> underneath two, one to two players. What was um, the name of his mate who did the fishing in Sonic Adventure? Oh, it was what? Big the cat. It was Big, Big the cat. That's the guy. Yeah. Wasn't there one where he got off with a, a like a human female? Was that, that was wasn't that Sonic two thousand six? Oh god, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, I, that, I, that was, I remember that. That is, man, that was a dark moment for Sonic. There's been a lot of them. <laughs> there's there's been a lot of dark moments because it's like they've all been trashed. Come on, let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it was good. Uh, Sonic one, two, and three, brilliant. After yeah. that, it went downhill. Sonic and Knuckles. Sonic and Knuckles, right? Sonic and Knuckles yeah, is Sonic brilliant Knuckles as well. Also revolutionary. Sonic CD. Yeah, that was pretty good. It's just, but basically, after after the Mega Drive era, it's down downhill after that. It's, no, it's I, I, I know Sonic Car wasn't a Mario Kart beater, but me and my friends enjoyed playing that loads. And probably <laughs> because we had Saturns and we had nothing else to play, but, um, but um, we enjoyed and, it. Uh, the, the, what is it? That Sonic Kart game that came out a little while ago it probably doesn't count, but that that yeah, was genuinely really good, wasn't it? Yeah, the ones that by Sonic Superstar Racing. Everyone seemed to love that. Yeah. Yeah. It was brilliant. Yeah, it was a good game. Sonic and Mario Olympics. I mean, there's loads of classics. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? My my daughter was asking me for goodbye that the other day, and because uh, she'd seen one? it advertised on TV. The Rio uh, one, yeah. Get involved, do it. Yes. Why don't you just get the like the one from get the London one and say this is the new one? She won't know, yeah. will she? No, she because I mean she's got wise to this as well though because she was watching the advert and then she said it looks good but they may be lying. And, yes. uh, you know, she knows. <laughs> she's, she's got she's got marketing sussed up straight away. Yeah, she? she's, she's got not... dad's pessimism already. Yeah, lying, <laughs> lying fucks. Right. Okay. Should we move on to what we've been playing? Um, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about for you today, and uh, we should probably start a po- Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go. Because it's um, Pokemon, isn't it? It's not Pokemon. It's Pokemon. It is Pokemon, isn't it? Yeah, it's totally uh, Pokemon. We, we haven't got Sean here to correct us every step of the way, so we're just going to have to sort of stumble <laughs> through it. Um, Chris, you've been playing this. Yeah, it's it's the biggest game in the world. It's ridiculous. I don't know how it's happened. Um, <laughs> Why, are you not enjoying it? or you just? I, no, <laughs> I, I think it's brilliant. Um, so I... I uh, work for a site called Eurogamer, and at the start of the month... How have we not mentioned that? Sorry. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, sorry, I, I, listeners. <laughs> I'm, I'm only mentioning that because at the start of the month, we had kind of a meeting where we were going to talk about what we need to actually do for our jobs. And we're like, this is a really freaking quiet month. There are not that many high-profile video games. We're going to have to be kind of smart about how we uh, handle our coverage and all that stuff, and then Pokemon game, Go, uh, Pokemon Go came out, and literally nothing else mattered. That's good. That's been <laughs> yeah. everything on the internet has been Pokemon Go, and it's not even just game sites. It's, I don't know how much you've seen this yourselves, but like the mainstream has just jumped on it uh, completely. Yeah, like it, all every every major news site is talking about Pokemon Go, and it's uh, sort of incredible. I I I don't. Um, begrudge it for that either like i i live in brighton and there's a lot of people playing around here and you you see it when you like walk back to the flat or you go and get some lunch there are always people playing they're always like pokestops with people that have put laws down and they're gathered around and just like having a nice time with this fairly social mobile game i i, I if i want to hate it i can't because it, it's just a kind of a wonderful thing i don't think it's a great game it's not a great game but it's an incredible game. How far you like? Sense. Have you? How much have you done with it? Because I'll be honest with you, no, no one on this podcast really took to it. And I, I tried again over the weekend because I was mm-hmm. doing a lot of um, 
walking and uh i just i i could not get into the habit of keep checking my phone and then going off the path that i was walking on and i suppose it'd be a little bit different if i had people that were also playing it living near me or or so if 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 my boy was a little bit older and he was you know had an iphone so a lot older but if if he was able to say the word pokemon <laughs> then then i could see that as quite a nice thing to say okay well let's pop out and we'll go out together and do this stuff together and i love that idea i think that's great that you know you can share it amongst family and friends and stuff but because no one i know is really playing it and we were walking along as a, like a family i didn't want to go oh, just wait here a moment i've just got to pop over there and try and find something um it kind of felt a bit antisocial rather sure. than the, the social side that, that a lot of people are experiencing but what what how much have you done with it have you have you tried to take over gyms and stuff like that uh yeah although brighton's quite a popular town for it so it i'm, I'm starting to the road like the the levels of pokemon in these gyms is already a little bit too crazy for me but you're completely right like the reason i am into it is because other people in this office are playing it as well and um, in fact, the Eurogamer office, for better or worse, is situated between po- two Pokestops. If you position yourself just right, you can, <laughs> you can get both of them without leaving your desk. Nice. And um, yeah, like that is that is a massive draw of it. Like if you catch something cool, it is the the draw is that you can talk to people about that and and share it. And and I think one of the smartest things that Pokemon Go has done is introduce these free teams. Um, so like at level five, which is fairly early on, you. You pick whether you're going to be Team Valor, Miss, uh, Mystic, is it? Uh, yeah, yeah Mystic. Mystic. And um, uh, Team Instinct, which everyone seems to hate, and I'm not entirely sure why, but it's quite funny. And they yeah, do sound like they do sound like apprentice names, though, don't they? That's... A, a, yeah, they do, don't they? You're completely right. <laughs> um, and yeah, the, the characters that like lead them are all—they're all a little bit too Pokemon for me. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's it's really cool. Like in the office, that we we've all joined different teams or whatever, and we can talk about that and there are gyms nearby that we can go and train have a go at together and that is a big part of it um but what, what i have joined of, chris i joined team valor because they oh, Jesus Christ. each team had like a, a a little spiel to give you to convince you to join theirs and like i think team mythic were like pokemon are wise and that's cool and we're into wise pokemon um team instinct were like everything's nice and lovely and team valor were like Pokemon should be strong and should batter other Pokemon. And that appealed to me because really, like, I was in this to to claim a, a gym or two, you know, and they seemed to know what was up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, I've I've messed around a little bit with the gyms, uh, the ones that are nearby, and, and I kind of held one with Eraticate for about five minutes before someone else took it. Uh, did you see them rock up next to you with a mobile phone and take it off? Your no, I didn't, but I did see the person that I took it off, <laughs> which was really <laughs> cool. Because they were battling, I think one of their friends was taking it off them, and there's a brief moment when, when it switches over afterwards, and the person that just won was on the same team as me, so I could chuck one of my Pokemon in as well. And so I, I kind of... So I you kind of, helped him out to take it over? Sorry, uh, I'm confused. Yeah, I don't know what the systems are for actually taking over a gym. What do you have to do? So the basically, you you leave Pokemon in the gym to defend it, and uh, anyone from a different team can attack that gym and weaken the Pokemon. And if you beat them, uh, that gym loses prestige. If it loses enough prestige, you can take over the gym. Um, right. And there are ways to improve your level of prestige if you hold it. Uh, so yeah, there, there was someone else who was a bit better than me, kind of taking the gym that I was walking past and I managed to just nip in and kind of pop my Pokemon in for five minutes and feel like I'd helped. 
uh, which is nice. And the actual way you play, is it is it the same as a normal uh, Pokemon game where you're No, unfortunately not. Opinions? I feel like that would be great, and I feel like that's what a lot of people would have liked to have seen. Um, the actual battling system is this weird uh, asynchronous thing where you... Oh, actually, no, you, when you fight a Pokemon that's been left in a gym, I think that's just controlled by the computer, and then you basically tap on the screen a bunch to do basic attacks, hold it down to do a special attack, you can swipe left or right to try and dodge, and it's a bit fiddly and not very good and not as fun as the turn-based stuff that you play in a, an actual Pokemon game. Yeah, um, I, can't, I mean, I kind of understand it, because I suppose people will be a little bit turned off, like, maybe it wouldn't have been quite as successful if it was uh, a little bit more complicated, like the uh, actual Pokemon games are. If they are that complicated, I mean, I used to play them when I was a kid, so... And I'm pretty thick. Fit. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe yeah, they should so have a little it, bit more faith. It is faith. fairly basic, and and the battling system definitely appears so. Although, like I know some of the less than the guys that do the guides for Eurogamer have had to really delve into this game more so than ever anyone else, and like figure out how the actual mechanics work. And it's actually weirdly complex, uh, but not ne- not necessarily in a good way. Um, like the there's oh I've forgotten the name of there's an incredible subreddit that i've forgotten that has like really delved into the mechanics of how this game actually works and it's it's required like hundreds of researchers to try different things and create some big shared spreadsheet and it's all way too complicated for a game about catching monsters and sticking them in pokeballs uh but yeah i think uh one of the things that i'm i'm slightly hopeful about is that uh the san diego comic-con which was this week this weekend yeah uh, they uh, Niantic actually hosted a panel where they sort of talked about, oh shit, this game's massive now, and we should probably have some plans for the future. And they they said something fairly wishy washy, which was that they what's in the game at the moment is something like ten percent of what they actually want the game to be, um, which means nothing, but at least gives you some idea that they they realise the game's not quite where it it can be, and and they want add, want to add features to that, like well, trading and got battling the money people. To do that now, haven't they? Yeah, I've got, absolutely, it is. No one expected it to blow up like this. Absolutely no one. And I, yeah, it's just been fun to watch. Yeah, the the stories that have come out of this game are one of my favorite things. They, they're so absurd. It's why the mainstream press has kind of latched onto it uh, quite so fiercely, just because ev- everything to do with this game is super weird. Like, have it you is seen, bizarre. Have you seen all the little stories that have cropped up about, you know, people searching for Pokemon and stumbling of on a dead body or like uh, a rare Pokemon turning up in Central Park and like hundreds of people running towards it. Yeah. And all these amazing things that you just rarely, rarely see from games. Even, well, especially within the the mobile kind of landscape. But social games never work like that. They never have you out there as a big group of people connected by this this one thing, really. Not, not on this kind of scale. I know Niantic have done something similar before with uh, a game called Ingress, but there's never been anything like this. It's it's like a almost global phenomenon. It's it's yeah, it's, amazing it's bizarre. To watch. People in my office have been asking me about it because I'm the nerd, and and yeah, that's <laughs> that's when it's reaching the people in my office. Um, I mean, Matt knows how uh, <laughs> how uh, old school my office is. It's well, like I can't they've got smartphones. So <laughs> they haven't. They've just heard about it in, <laughs> in the newspapers that they're still buying. Um, yeah, and they, you know they've been asking me about, it. and then we, I, I've been in the high street. I work in uh, New Malden, and uh, down New Malden High Street, there's just 
groups of people walking up and down with their phones out and looking around is pretty is pretty crazy. And um, one thing that I did see is that someone has set up a website now where you can literally go. It's a little bit like those Destiny Timer websites, Matt, that we were so addicted to back in Obsessed. the day. The, that shows you where Pokemon's Pokevision. Uh, Pokevision, that's it. Yep. So, so it'll tell you where each uh, type spawns and how long they're going to be there and, and where you can find them. And um, was this on Eurogamer? Did you report on this? Uh, possibly, yeah. I think we, I remember we kind of heard about this, figured it would be bullshit because it sounds, it sounds a bit, uh, a little too good to be true considering how flaky the servers have been for Pokemon Go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it, it genuinely works and it's it's really useful, but I don't use it because it's not the pure way to play Pokemon Well, that's Go. what I was going to ask you. Is that cheating? Goddamn cheating is what it is. <laughs> Why do you see that as cheating? Ash Ketchum never brought up a funny little website that told him where to go and catch the Pokemon that he needed to become the best Pokemon trainer but in the world. But if one was available, would have Ash gone? Oh, I think Ash <laughs> might have popped on there. Just because, you know, hours, like those games take complete to complete, he would have probably just gone that. Yeah, is that I, more of a Team Rocket thing? I don't know. I think I'm just too lazy to use it, to be honest. I, it, fair enough. To each their own. I, I, uh, the problem is, once you know it's there and once you start checking it, you're sitting in the office and you should be doing work and you see that, like, an Onyx has just spawned down the road and you could probably get away with leaving your desk for five minutes <laughs> and maybe no one would notice. But you're running the risk. Like, the more you do that, the more risk you're kind of getting into and, and eventually you're going to get fired from your job. That's you basically get fired. why I don't want to use it. <laughs> um, Matt, James, have either of you changed your opinion on this? Because we were all very much, it's nice and we like it, but it's not for us. Last uh, week. I've, stopped, I've stopped playing and completing now. Yeah, yeah I, I haven't really bothered loading up in a few days. Um, mostly because the ones I had found in the week or week and a half previously weren't, I didn't find anything there. Um, I was still waiting for, from, still waiting for my eggs to hatch. But um, what? Yeah, yeah, it's not really done enough for me to what keep that playing. Mean? Well, you can collect these eggs and then um, you start incubating them and they have some different distances to walk, so 2K, 5K or 10K, and it measures how long you're walking with the app open and then once it hits that threshold of 2, 5 or 10, then maybe other other distances, those eggs then hatch and you have a better chance of getting a rarer Pokemon. So still got a few eggs in the, in the, in the incubation, but I'm not really opening the app much in all honesty. <laughs> so those things are going to literally fry. Yeah. You're just going to let them get warmer and warmer. Have a poached Pokemon. Mm, double Yoker. Mm. Uh, <laughs> James, how about you? I deleted it. <laughs> okay. Oh. <laughs> um, so we've been playing, Matt and I have been playing this week, uh, the GTA Cunning Stunts, which is the worst name for any DLC I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. Uh, but we've tried the Cunning Stunts DLC and it is, I mean, I'm surprised by how much fun we had with it. Um, when when I first saw the the, the stuff being announced i was kind of like this is trying to be track mania and why is it going for track mania it doesn't need a track mania mode um it turns out it's nothing like track mania it doesn't it doesn't really try to be not intentionally anyway and no I mean, uh, it's got jumps and stunts and you can look at it with maybe maybe your eyes squinted and you think it'd be the same game but it's just literally the that the fact that it's got slightly crazy tracks that links it to track mania everything well, the thing, else is the thing very, is, very track, different track mania is one of the best racing games I've played for this is the PS4 uh, version Trackmania Turbo that, that I played at the start of the year. It's one of my favourite racing games of all time now, and we we had a great weekend playing that um, in two player mode and stuff like that. I absolutely loved that game, um, but that is literally 
streamlined racing to the point where you're trying to shave fractions of a second off and beat each other's times and stuff like that. This is not like this. Your lap times do not mean anything in this game. And it is uh, just, you know, it's taken the GTA stance of uh, don't worry about getting to the finish line. Just try and make everyone else's life hell around you. And uh, it totally plays into that from the cars that don't really handle properly, from the jumps that aren't really, like they're, they're easy to completely miss and fall off the edge of the map and stuff like that. Yeah. It's just mayhem, and there's sixteen. It's up to sixteen players. Um, it's a lot better with more players into uh, involved. I mean, we've we had a few races with just the uh, the two of us, and it was not, you know, it was a bit crap because one of you gets left behind, and in the end, like you just stay in the middle of nowhere on your own, and you, you don't really feel what the game's about. But when there's sixteen of you on a track, at the moment the counter goes down at the start line, and you all head off everyone just tries to smash each other up and uh i don't think i've laughed so hard at the computer game and mainly because matt gets so excited about trying to take me you always know when matt is just behind you and he's going to try and smash you off the track it reminds me of when i play hide and seek with harry and i walk into the room where he's hiding and he's so excited that he can't help but giggle to himself (laughs) and he's trying he's trying to hold it back but you can hear his little giggles coming from admittedly under the pillow that he's just put on his head you can see the rest of him but like that's how he's like <laughs> but you can hear him giggling away thinking oh that's the sound matt makes when he's just about to wipe me off of a, a corner it's so satisfying though it's oh yeah i, I love it i mean i i haven't i haven't i haven't laughed at playing a game this much i can't remember the last time um i like i mean, haven't i've had like tears in my eyes multiple times over like the two or three nights we've been playing it um it's just it's just immensely fun, yeah. And, and having sixteen of you on a track is absolutely mayhem in 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 every part of the track and knocking people off or you're missing a jump. Um, yeah, it doesn't have the the really fantastic uh, sort of car handling model that 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 made Trackmania so good. It's not about that at all, but yeah, it's brilliant. And so you and I, David, played like some sixteen play races with obviously just loads of randoms. Yeah. Um, but it, it, I can't imagine how fun this would be with like you and like you know I'm 15 mates playing this on on one server. It'll be yeah. I mean, I still I still had incredible. a bit of that. I mean, it would be a lot better with people you know. But I still had those moments where we'd get your, what was that guy's gamer tag? Is Tom on XBL or something? Yeah. Like his name, his game tag was Tom space on space XBL. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, so are you on XBL? Yeah, sure. What's, what's your game tag? Oh, it's Tom on XBL. Yeah, so it's Tom. Yeah, yeah, it's Tom on XBL. On, it's Tom on, yeah. How confusing. How He's on first base. But he he took me out like on the first race and that was it. For the next six races, he was my enemy. You know? Like I genuinely wanted to wipe that bloke out every chance I get and felt good about finishing ahead of him. Um, so I still think there's a bit of that. It's still worthwhile playing just a couple of you and making sure the rooms are full. Definitely. That's fine. But it's, um, I, 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 yeah, I, I can't imagine what that would be like playing with 15 friends. Like, it's brilliant. And if it, this was to come out separately, then I could see it being massively disappointing because it is just more of a farce than it is a, you know, technically good video game. But because it's just this add-on to this game you probably already own, it is so worth booting up to play. You know what I mean? Uh, just having, even if it's just one or two nights, you know, if you use it just uh, just for a couple of nights for a laugh or whatever, then fine, because you haven't paid anything for it and it gets you back in that world for five minutes. So, um, yeah, highly recommend it. Have you yeah, tried this, Chris? Brilliant. I haven't, no. I haven't actually been back to GTA Online in 
quite a while, which mm. is a shame because, as you like, you said that you haven't left that much playing a game in in for like as long as you can remember. That that is how I felt playing GT Online a lot of the time. Um, I eventually sort of drifted away as as new things came out, and I sort of didn't really get into the the leveling system of it. But that is just a very fun, stupid world to be in with your mates. It is. I I think I kind of got a little bit fed up with it because it, I got overrun with people that were just I mean I was getting killed constantly in yeah. that and it, uh, it got to a point where I just kind of thought well all I'm doing is walking around and I'll get run over or something and I'm like I kind of got a bit sick of it mm-hmm. but the the um what did they call what what did, were those things called the not sieges what, what, what were they called when you had to gather things together and then go and uh, uh like rob a bank or whatever a heist, yeah, yes, of course it is. Um, the heist modes were were absolutely fantastic, like genuinely really good. We, I mean, we only played a few of them, didn't we, Matt? But yeah. when it all came together and you had that moment where one of you was flying in with a plane to pick up another person who had just escaped from a prison and stuff like that, incre- absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, even if I didn't really like the sort of more open world stuff, uh, there was still a lot, a lot to really like about that game. Um, the only problem is the only sort of negative I've got with this is I mean we played this for what about an hour and a half or two hours last night, yeah. Um, and we could have had double the amount of races if the uh, if the whole GTA Online system works better. Because if you remember when you wanted to play uh, sort of set games, whether it be deathmatch or, or um, uh, the heist and stuff, you had to sort of go to a specific point in the map and then you could invite people in your world to this mode that you were playing right this is still a bit clunky yeah like oh, there wasn't just a absolute joke really yeah there should be a button that just goes right i just want to play cunning stunts and it will put you in a packed server or whatever uh but there's not that you have to go and set it up and then invite your friends and then invite everyone in your way it's just a pain in the ass and um i mean what will probably happen is that you launch a game you have one race with only a few of you and then uh, the next race, it suddenly seems to attract people. I don't know if it picks people from other servers and starts merging things from there. But then you'll have one or two empty races and then suddenly there'll be be a good crowd of you. And you, people tend to stick around for quite a, f- quite a few races in a row rather than <laughs> Probably just because one. it's hard to find another one after it or yeah, difficult. Yeah, you're probably one. right. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass to get back into it. Um, and then there was also that, st- like, it's still in the same game world with just slightly modded rules. So uh, they've got a button where if you completely fail and fall off the edge, you hold Y to respawn to the last checkpoint. But for some reason, I don't know why, it takes a good 10 seconds, I'd say, to respawn. And that that's far too long. You should be bang straight back on that last checkpoint and, and continue. Yeah. You know? So that slows things a bit down uh, down a bit. But um, other than that, I mean, I it's still... I've, I've, I have to recommend it if you've got this game and it's on your hard drive and you haven't played it for ages there's no better way to get back into it than just, just one night that's all you need get all your mates together and, and you'll have such a good time uh, I was pleasantly surprised I thought this was going to be crap and I thought it was going to try and take on games like Trackmania but I was completely wrong instead it shuns that and just makes a complete mess of a video game in front of you <laughs> and yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm well up playing again in a week I, I'm I'm so up for James. Have you got GTA on Xbox? I've got it. Yeah, I've got it. Yeah, it's, is this a free download? Yeah, or yeah, is it? it's totally yeah, free. free. Yeah. It's probably already installed, so you should definitely play it. Because um, yeah, lots of fun. Um, James, what else have you been playing? I've been playing Lost Reavers 
obviously I have. <laughs> no, you have. Obviously, you have. No, no, I haven't. Obviously, I obviously deleted that. I haven't that deleted terrible. that yet. That was one of the worst nights of my life. <laughs> I play with that with you and Sean. I never want to go back to bad. it again. It's almost as bad. See, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about is the thing that I missed last week was beating you at FIFA. That that was quite good. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You done that. I I don't know if we have still got the video, but yeah, you beat me at FIFA. Well done. Yeah. That's all we got that to say on the matter. Did you delete the video because James Park because he beat you at FIFA? No, I just, I've been busy. Don't worry about it. I told you it's not for the show. Um, you've got sleeping <laughs> dogs written down here. Let's talk about that. <laughs> and I have got sleeping dogs down here because um, this is obviously this is a, like a this is a really old game now I guess but I've been wanting to play it for a long time. What version have you um, been playing? You've been playing the the sort of re-release version. Yeah, it's the definitive. If yeah, can't even speak. The definitive edition uh, on Xbox One. Yeah, because um, I think it was it was in one of those crazy sales where it was like about three quid or something, and I was like, yeah, I can I can do it for that because I played um, True Crime Streets of LA before. Did you ever play that? I didn't know. Yeah, it was pretty bad. This was supposed it, to be a true crimes game, right? It was, yeah. Apparently, it was that, and then it kind of—I think it was Activision were originally making it, and then it got into trouble, and then Square bought it and continued and continued making it. But I'm glad they did because, I mean, the main reason I wanted to play it was really for the settings, to be honest, because I wanted to see how they'd sorted out Hong Kong, like how they'd like done it, because I've spent a lot of time there, and I was just curious how they'd done how it. How did it shape up? Well, you see. Games have tried this before, because Shenmue 2, which is a brilliant game, they tried to do Hong Kong, but it was actually, it's totally wrong. It's really rubbish. It's a, it's not very good. Not the game. The game's brilliant, but the yeah, the depiction's not good. But actually, Sleeping Dogs is, does it a lot better, but it still doesn't feel like Hong Kong. It, it To be honest, it feels a lot more like, um, like Shanghai. Um, the reason for that is because Hong Kong is a lot, sort of, like, the streets are a lot narrower. Like, the streets are really super narrow in Hong Kong. And I guess that doesn't really work for a game because it would make driving like really almost impossible. Like if you were going to do that, at least the way you do it in the game. Yeah, but, but I remember um, them in terms of scaling for a video game. I I remember them being quite narrow in this. A lot of the time, mm. I was um, actually going by foot because it seemed a lot easier to. Or or bikes. Bikes were a big thing in that game for me. Mm. Um. So yeah, maybe I don't know. I I've never felt that anyone's truly got the scale of a street right. For some reason, no. I mean GTA's got the closest, but I've never like you know when you're walking down the street, it just seems at times it can seem like so wide, and it never seems to nail that. But um, yeah, yeah, it's weird. There's, and there's another really weird thing about this is that I keep driving on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> right, right. Now let me let me explain this because this is really really strange. You know how in pretty much every single like open world game that we play. They're usually set in the US or somewhere like that. Yeah. So you always end up driving on the right side of the road. Mm-hmm. And I think my brain's been conditioned that in games, you drive on the right side of the road. Because in Hong Kong, you drive on the left. And it, I keep driving on the wrong side of the road. It's it's very strange. It is very strange. Yeah. I don't know what you want us to do with that. <laughs> Neither do I. But it's... Uh, but- the thing is, I mean, but that's the thing, because like, the driving feels a bit off. I mean, you've played this, haven't you? I mean, what did you think of that? You I, didn't have a tr- I didn't have that much trouble with the driving, to be honest with you. Um, I mean... Sorry, go on. I mean, I, I like the ramming. You know, like, it's got that <laughs> okay. whole thing. No, you know, that it's got that whole thing where, like, if you press X when you're near the car, it just, like, your car lurches into the other yeah, car. Yeah, that was straight out of... Um, oh, what was that game? Uh, Midway game. Oh, Drive Man or something? <laughs> what was it? Oh, that's going <laughs> to... That's that's gonna do me. Drive man. Oh, it was something really. <laughs> a, a stunt man, no? No, not stunt man. There was a. I think it was a midway game. 
uh, that come out. Sean talks about it all the time. He absolutely loved it, but I can't remember what the driver three was now. Like... No, not that one. But go on. <laughs> okay, yeah. So that that's kind of good. But I mean, the gunplay is is pretty bad. But the combat is fun though. You know, like the whole you know the the brawling. You remember that? Yeah, that was excellent. Yeah, that stuff was good. That's what it nailed. It seemed to nick a lot of stuff from other games and pull it together, but without feeling like it was stealing directly. You know what I mean? It, it yeah. just seemed to be inspired by so many games that it worked. I mean, the plot. I mean, the plot is obviously it's based on Infernal Affairs, like Hong Kong film, and it's you know it's serviceable. It kind of works okay, but it's 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 a good game. I'm actually enjoying it a lot more than I was expecting to. I mean, it doesn't. To be honest, I'm kind of enjoying it more than I did GTA Five, and I don't know why. No, that it is just, weird. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I just there's something about it that I, I really like. It's the structure of it is nice, you know, because you've got the choice of you know which sort of which side you're going to go with, and you know how you're going to upgrade your character and stuff. I know it's good. I mean, I'm only halfway through, so there's still more. To the come. only problem I had with Sleeping Dogs, right, is that it set up this whole idea that you could either pick uh, to side with the police or side with the gangs. Mm. And it never really seemed to give you that choice. It still no. led you, it still forced you to do missions that, like, at one point I was thinking, no, I'm definitely going to join the gang here and ignore the police stuff or intentionally fail the police missions and stuff like that. But it didn't let you do that. It wanted mm. to drive you down certain narrative parts. And I think it would have been better to just, like, have a hands off and say, hold on, you get to pick which side you want to be on. Uh, I thought that would have worked better. But, I mean, that's a minor gripe, and it didn't break the game for me. I still really enjoyed what I played of it. Uh, yeah, weird one. Do you have any, did you play uh, Sleeping Dogs, Chris? I did, yeah. I actually agree with you. Um, that's That was sort of the, the thing that I remember being stuck on a little bit. So this is, what, was it 2012 originally, Sleeping Dogs? That sounds about right. Um, I and yeah, I, I was really looking forward to a good undercover cop story. Um, the Hong Kong like setting was obviously... Um, you know, made the game stand out a little bit, but it was the undercover cop angle that I really wanted to get into. And I remember there was a there was a whole narrative about um, I think the gangs wanted like were building you up to make your first kill, mm. um, and it was going to be a really big moment. But like outside of that, you can make kills uh, like just in uh, yeah. in the kind of open world as you're playing, and it's never like. And and the game never really addresses that, and I remember just finding that a little bit strange. I, I really wanted, I really wanted that moment to feel uh, impactful because that was like the the moment where the main character really has to make a big choice to actually fully commit to this gang lifestyle, and and uh, there's this whole kind of weighing up of which which side is is right and wrong, and I I remember being disappointed by that, which shouldn't be a big grab because it's a big fun open world game set in a really interesting vibrant city. And then, like you say, the narrative shouldn't be a the necessarily the 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 gripe that you have with that game, but it was for me, um, which I'm a little I was yeah. a little disappointed by. You're totally right about that because I I remember that because I've I've just come past that bit, and they there is like lots of sort of like foreshadowing that there's going to be like something that's going to have to happen. They're going to test your loyalty, mm-hmm. and you know, going to have to do something. I I was expecting it was going to be something like they're going to have one of like one of your police like friends or something like that. You're going to have to kill him or something. <laughs> Mate, but... just James sitting there getting all excited. <laughs> go away! I'm going to kill this thing. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't happen because they just go. Here's a gun. Go and shoot those gangsters over there. Yeah, it's and like it's, a warehouse, that's... right? That you have to go yeah. to, and and that you you suddenly make like loads of kills, <laughs> and then it does. It's not really. Yeah. I I remember it not really being a problem, whereas whereas it, it felt like it should be like the defining moment of the game. You suddenly, like if it was a TV show, 
about an undercover cop in, in Hong Kong, that would be the episode where everything changes. And it, it felt like the game just treated it like a mission because you shoot people in games uh, and it you you need to do that to carry on. That is um, quite funny to consider that uh, <laughs> that in a film or, or TV show where they're building up to the first kill. Yeah, and, and suddenly you go and wipe like, out like eight dudes in a warehouse. <laughs> That um, it is a, it is an impressive game though. Like uh, considering um, like the the comparisons it, it had to face right out of the gate to Grand Theft Auto, I think it does a lot of stuff uh, very well. You mentioned the hand hand combat in it is is really cool. Um, it may be a little bit too much an emphasis on environmental kills. I remember having to like just like slam people to, into glowing objects a lot, but mm. the hand hand stuff was was way better, way better than GTA has ever been. Uh, and, and probably ever will be the way it's going with with that side of the game, and I, I really enjoyed that. And it's just very stylish, like the the whole. Uh, I don't know an awful lot about Hong Kong and and um, you know what exactly to expect from a, a game set there, but I remember being impressed by it. It looks cool. I Will Man was the uh, the game I was thinking of. That's the one, Wheel Man. Yeah. yeah, that was. I I remember playing that. What did you say before? What was it? Drive, Drive Man. Man. That's not that far off. You, <laughs> you were close. It's not that bad, is it? I think I should still get <laughs> praised for that. You got half of it. Yeah. <laughs> I got the man bit. Yeah. Um, no, Chris, you've got another couple of games down here before we move on to Matt. Because have you? Before we get to Matt, have you played Life is Strange through to the end? Oh, I haven't, but I'm. I'm. I realise I've left it too late. Too late. So if you want to do spoiler stuff, that's fine. Right. Okay. We'll bring in spoiler bots. So don't worry about that. But, but, but first off, let's get to Overwatch because I'm excited to talk about this. I only tried the uh, the update last night, so there's some new stuff to talk about. Yeah, I've just realised. So I put Total War Warhammer on my list as well, but I realise what I'm playing is is under embargo until uh, Wednesday at some point. It might be the afternoon. Um, is that? A problem at all? No, this this show will go up Wednesday. Okay, well, yeah, fuck uh, it, it'll be fine. And I can delay, I can delay it to the. No, nah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Um, yeah, Overwatch is the best game that I've played this year. I, I'm completely head over heels in love with it. It's um, so. I, I've played a lot of Overwatch, but I'm not as over heels in love with it as much as other. Like a lot of people, uh, uh, Tamor was on last week from <laughs> Gamespot, and he said that this is definitely his game of the year. You say he's a good dude. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, yeah. He said this is definitely his game of the year, and I'm not getting that vibe from it, but I am still really enjoying it. So what what is it that's that's um, that's sort of raised it to that level for you? So I I think I've always wanted to get into Team Fortress too. I've always looked at that game with envy, and um, I think I left it a little bit too late. Like I've I've tried to to go back to it a few times after it went free to play but the community is already so embedded there and there's there's all these brand new weapons that I don't understand and I I just feel like I've come too late to it um Overwatch is a similar kind of setup to Team Fortress 2 plus it's got the character design and the ability design that Blizzard bring with them and I'm unashamedly a Blizzard fanboy I really like how they make uh abilities in games I just think they they make stuff that feels very fun to use and there are 22 characters in Overwatch right now. They've just introduced the 22nd, which is a badass, like, old Egyptian lady called Anna. Like, I, how many, I can't think of another game where you get to play a badass old Egyptian woman. Um, I, I, I wish I could come up with one off the right? fly. Yeah, and, and, and they, like, she is just undeniably cool. And sure, they're, they're, char- they're characters in terms of their backgrounds and whatever. They, they have sort of, they're walking... Uh, a line of, of kind of 
stereotypes of certain countries or whatever, or I think they they describe it as like idealistic stereotypes. Whatever, I don't really care about that stuff. The the, the characters are fun to use. The 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 abilities are just really uh, exciting, especially. So the, each character has like usually like three normal abilities and an ultimate or some variation of that, and an ultimate similar to if you're playing a MOBA is triggered after uh, a certain point. It'll either have a big cooldown or you need to, to charge it up, and it's just really like when you feel like the most important person in the game when you press Q and you get to activate something really cool. And um, they they've just nailed that side of the game. So it's Team Fortress Two with loads more character choice. And characters and abilities designed by a studio that I'm in love with. So that's, that's why I guess. Two questions then: Who do, who are your uh, go-to characters when 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 you're not? Who are your go-to characters? Who are the ones where you're going? Okay, I want to be my favorite now for a bit. Yeah. So yeah, you're you're right. There, there is there is part of Overwatch is that you can switch heroes all the time, and you're supposed to switch to counter the um, the the composition of the other team, which is something quite unique to that game. If you can't compare it too much to MOBAs because it is really a shooter or whatever. But um, that side of it is is quite unique that you get to switch mid-game at any point. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if if like if I'm not thinking about the other team or my team or anything at all, I love playing Reinhardt, which is the big tank with a hammer and a shield. I'm playing in a shooter, and I, it's a guy with a hammer, and he's like he has a range ability that he can use every six seconds. I think it feel he should be the most boring character in the world to play. You should never want to play him in a fast-paced shooter like that. But he's he's brilliant because he feels so impactful to your team. You stand in front of everyone with a big shield and you're like, you are the barrier between things killing them and you, you, you feel like you're having a big role on your team. And then when you get into the combat and when you get close, his melee attacks are really strong. Um, and he has a wonderful charge ability. I don't know if you've seen how Reinhardt plays. but um, Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, he can I, charge I mean... across the map pin people and it does a bunch of damage once you hit a wall that is fun to use and if you find someone that knows how to use him then you've got no chance i mean he is recently i've come across some players that are so good with him that he stands out in front of the the, like compared to the rest of the team you're just like oh my god he's back let's we really need to rethink things again i mean when it Previously, when I was I was playing this, um, uh, like say when it first came out, people were just using his shield stuff, mm-hmm. and um, and I, it was kind of okay. I get the point of this character. He's shielding yeah, but that is just boring difficult. if that's all you're doing, right? Uh, totally. But then all of a sudden, I'm getting charged and stunned and all sorts, and I'm going, "Holy sh- shit! How am I taking this guy down?" Um, but the cool thing about Overwatch, obviously, is that there is clearly a way to take him down. You've just got to work it out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean, my favorite is on certain maps you can position yourself just right so he charges at you and then flies off the side of the map. That is <laughs> the most satisfying thing. And, and likewise, if you do a, a good charge with Reinhardt, um, one of the things I really love about that move is that when you when it hits someone, it's not like you just charge through them and you do some damage along the way, which um, you know would have been a fine move and that would have worked. Instead, what you do is you pin them. So the other person, who is another human being in front of the computer somewhere, just has to watch as as you pin them and just has to wait until they hit a wall and then maybe they can react, but they're probably already dead by the time that happens. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, which is, is, yeah, loads and loads of fun. Have um, you played Azana yet? I have, yeah. I So I played her a little bit on the PTR before um, she was released. I think she was released this, oh no, it was late last week, I think, something like that. Um, yeah, she is really freaking weird. So this is a like, I I don't know many character setups that have used this kind of template. I think there might be one in 
evolve weirdly enough. Uh, it's not a game I played a lot, but um, yeah, she's a a support sniper. So she's a sniper character who relies on a, like a lot of uh, fast paced accuracy, but she's also a healer. So if you shoot someone in your team, it heals them. But if you shoot someone on the enemy team, it damages them. And she has um, like a grenade that she can drop that does the same sort of thing, damages or heals. And her ultimate is probably one of the best ultimates in the game right now, where it gives this big damage, speed, protection buff to whoever you put it on. But the idea of a sniper that can... A sniper healer in a game like Overwatch feels really unique. Um, I don't know if I'm good playing as her, but she's fun and cool. All I know is that ever since uh, the update come out and the, the games that I've played, I've been put to sleep quite <laughs> quite often. Yeah, her sleep thing, like, that's it's the sleep dart that she, it's got quite a big cooldown on it, but um, it takes people out of the game unless they receive damage for, I think, like, four or five seconds. It's pretty considerable. And you can do it mid-ultimate. Um, oh, like, wow. So if, if a Reaper or something has just used his Death Blossom, which is this big, really powerful AoE attack that can wipe out an entire team, if you're good, and you have to be good because it's like a one-shot thing and you have to be accurate when you use it, you can just put him to sleep in the middle of it, and it's the the biggest insult you can ever give to someone because they've just pressed Q. In their mind, the play of the game music is already going, and they're like, "This is it." <laughs> they've they, they've seen the headlines. Reaper comes in, saves day with big cool ultimate. Everyone loves him. And you just you just it's the biggest insult because it's just like a a nothing ability. It's like a you press shift, you aim it, and it doesn't. It's not any big flashy thing. She doesn't like. There's no big animation to it. She pulls out a pistol, fires a sleep dart. And it just takes them out for a few seconds. So. Yeah, that there is. I mean, they've totally played for that. There's nothing more satisfying than hearing half of the sentence. You know. Yes, right. Yes, yeah, so it gets interrupted. A... And you're just like, yes. There's a cool thing actually with that one. Justice reigns from above, which is Farah. I'm going to get a little bit nerdy about Overwatch. Farah is Anna's daughter. If you sleep daughter during her ultimate, you know her ultimate. She says, "Justice reigns from above," right? Yeah. Anna says it. I think it's something like it looks like Justice could use a little nap. When she puts oh, it to sleep, is... which is a great little touch. What a touch. means nothing to anyone that doesn't like a watch. <laughs> yeah, because no, I don't know much of the stuff, about, you know, the backgrounds behind the characters. I, I'm, uh, I've never really delved into that, and I don't think I really need to. Yeah, I don't but, think but you need to. I just like they're, they're, they're all, they all feel so unique. Um, I mean, I'm a diva player, diva mm-hmm. player, whatever. Um, and so this update has been big for me. Um, and I initially heard the, uh, I, I sort of read what was coming and just thought, wow, they've, they're actually going to make her more powerful. This is insane. Yeah. And, um, and it is insane. I feel even more powerful playing as her yeah, now. Yeah, she's really good right now. Um, yeah, I mean, the only downside with that is that everyone seems to want to play with her at the moment. And um, uh, the shield stuff, I'm, I'm still, I still don't use that as often as I should do. I mainly only use it when I'm charging uh, because I find that's quite helpful. Um, but, but the big one for me is being able to drop your uh, nuke without fear of killing yourself. Uh, yeah, that's that, a nice change, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is a nice change because um, th- that nuke become a lot less powerful uh, recently because people really know how to just get away from it these mm-hmm. days, um, which is fine. But And it, it kind of defeats the object if you've got to get away from it. So if you're using it to clear a room, you're, you've also got to clear the way as well. Um, and it didn't really make much sense. But now I can get into a room, get inside a sort of capture zone, set one off and just stand there and watch as everyone pelts away. And while I start, you know, building up time on that capture zone and stuff right, like that. Right, yeah, so it's the best ability there is for taking a point. It's really cool. There's, yeah, so, you know, uh, Diva is uh, something cool I like about her character because of a story that happened recently. You know, she's 
in the lore of Overwatch, basically she is a... So Overwatch is the only Blizzard game set in the real world um, in the future. And she, her background was that she was a South Korean pro gamer. So she used to play, I think, probably Blizzard games as as a pro gamer, as like in esports before, like everything went to shit. And I'm, yeah, the Overwatch story is what it is. It's all right. But there is, there was a um, a South Korean uh, lady, I I can't remember her name, who, like, she's pretty much like the real life version of D.Va. She got called out by a couple of her male counterparts in South Korea. Um, they didn't believe that she was, like, I think she was the best player in the country at the time. I don't know if she still is. And they called her out. Uh, they, they said she was faking um, this and that it wasn't really her playing. And she answered it by getting on stage at an event, playing um, like uh, live to an audience, and the two guys that called her out ended up having to uh, quit Overwatch professionally as a result. Really? Yeah, like it's it's ridiculous. There is actually a real-life D.Va player playing Overwatch, which I kind of nice. like. Um, so it, yeah. are, are you suggesting that this is going to is actually going to happen? I think I've just completely bought into another freaking ridiculous Blizzard universe <laughs> that's like full of tropes and bullshit again i mean i said i wouldn't do it anymore i like after, after that warcraft movie i said i was done and i wasn't i don't know i i mean i'd definitely be interested if there's an overwatch film so it's simply because the, the animations they brought out before it were just incredible yeah like, got, there's more coming as well i think they they, they are that that's that is so their cinematic scene the blizzard cinematic scene is ridiculous um that that is, I think that's perhaps why the Warcraft movie was as disappointing as it was for me, because their cinematic stuff is so brilliant. You sort of just want a movie that's just that. You just want them to do, just let that team make the the, the Warcraft movie. Yeah, I suppose the only fear is is that I mean, people invest in these things to get them made and yeah, try to yeah. convince and them that and it would that be horribly these... expensive and completely unfeasible. But I'm a, I'm a Blizzard fan, so I get to make these unrealistic <laughs> uh, claims. It's great. Ah, oh, good. And Matt, you've uh, you've started playing a little bit more. Yeah, I have. Yeah. Well, what was the name of that um, character I played this week? In was it Mercy? We have the uh... yeah, the the healer. Yeah, I, I really like playing as her. I, I, I think I prefer playing as healers than than the tanks or the other the other people I've tried. Um, but yeah, I, I want to. I desperately want to play more and more of that. I, I know I can feel it's a good game, and I hear people like Chris and Tamor last week talking about it, and it makes me want to play more and more of it. So. Yeah, I'm going to try and put some more time in this week. Cause it, yeah, I, I'm having fun, but I'm, there's still a lot of systems, a lot of things to get my head around when I should be, you know, dropping ultimates when I shouldn't be where I should be in the map and how I should be supporting I'll the be team. I'll be honest with you, it's a lot more straightforward than you probably think. Like, it's okay. not as complicated as, say, you know, Rainbow Six or, or um, uh, well, just any... Like, I don't know. I think because there's so many characters, it feels like it should be more complicated but it isn't. You sort of find a character and then the only thing you really need to get your head around is if something's not working, what to switch to to counter it. Um, and that comes eventually. But, I mean, you can still have a ball on that game just running around with a one healing people. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's still good fun to play. I, I mean, Lucio, Lucio is just such a good character to play as. Um mainly because you not only can you heal everyone and give everyone a speed boost and everyone appreciates what Lucio's about, but you can also like fire this uh, force what is it it's like a push thing force push thing yeah. and when you're in a level with loads of gaps in it i mean you could just wipe out teams just by nudging them off the edge it's beautiful <laughs> um i'm yeah, funny weird fun. because there isn't really a 
a real progression system and you know the games I've played and loved in the past things like Destiny and even back to like Modern Warfare 2 and um, I get and also Rainbow Six you know I knew I was chasing out a gun or a new um, a new sort of skill or, or something along those lines but there isn't that and the loot boxes aren't really giving me anything in the way of a payoff um, so that's also a bit of a weird a weird thing for me to yeah, sort of I've get never been around. excited about getting anything in those loot boxes Um and I hope that they introduce something a little bit more worthwhile as a, a sort of uh, a bonus. I don't know if that's on the card, Chris. You'd probably know more than I would. Yeah. They, so they uh, perhaps not in the way you want. They 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 said pretty early on that they will never add anything that you can unlock to the game or you can buy in the game that uh, improves gameplay. So it will yeah, always be cosmetic cool. stuff. Um, yeah. On on the competitive competitive front, there is now a, a straight up ranked mode. Uh, we're in season one at the moment, and that that's got a little bit more to it. And like, if you you earn competitive points throughout the season, and if you get enough, you can earn golden weapons for certain characters, which I guess shows, unlike the loot box, which I guess to an extent is is random and luck. Um, if you've got a cool skin, the golden weapons actually mean something a little bit more. They they show that you've played a lot of the rank stuff and you're pretty good at it. But um, yeah, I think for the time being, anyway, they're going to avoid too much in terms of like unlocking perks or anything like that um which i'm okay with i i i i'm sort of i like that every game of overwatch is comes down to its like the merits of that game itself and not like what you've unlocked beforehand yeah no i, don't, I understand that i think maybe Maybe what I'm saying is that if there was another way to unlock loot boxes, that sure. might be a little bit more interesting. So, say if there was um, uh, missions and, uh, like, say in Titanfall, there was there were certain missions you had to do to get uh, to prestige and stuff like right, that. Right, right, right. Um, and it would be nice to have missions like, oh, kill eight people with a super in one match or something. Yeah, I'd certainly expect something like that to come uh, later down the line. They'd, I they were they're definitely looking at Hearthstone as to how they handle a free-to-play game with this kind of stuff. And Hearthstone has your kind of daily quests, uh, which you could definitely see being brought into Overwatch at some yeah, point. Yeah, I would love that. I love um, that. Matt, Matt loves a daily quest as well, don't you, mate? You get obsessed yeah. with that stuff. Oh, yeah, it's all about like the assignments the assignments in Battlefield and the dailies in Destiny. And, uh, here, you know, I, need, I, need to have, I need to have a massive ladder to climb. That's what I'm all about. <laughs> he loves those ladders. Uh, cool. Right, so that's Overwatch chat done for another week. Uh I, I'm I'm going to continue playing it because all my friends are so uh, I, I might as well stick with it. <laughs> to be honest with you, I was never thinking about ditching it. I just that's how Blizzard get you, man. They just get your friends first, and then eventually <laughs> you'll you'll give up and you'll be an Overwatch fan. Yeah, I mean they've been uh, they've been compared to drug pushers before, haven't they, mate? For a good reason. <laughs> for good reason. So Total War Warhammer, what what is this? Uh, yeah, so is I don't it know Total how. Total War, have I got that right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, Good. I don't know if you guys have played this at all. Um, this is obviously the latest in the Total War series. They have gone. They have teamed up with uh, Games Workshop to do a Warhammer Fantasy version of the game. And this week, in fact, if the, so, the podcast is going up on Wednesday. I think on Thursday of this week, they're introducing their first new uh, DLC race. So, like the first new edition outside of, of what came with the base game which is the Beastman um, and okay anyone here a Total War fan? Uh, I haven't played it I've heard you know that they're good but I've never had the pleasure of playing it. Okay, what type of game is it? So it's um, it's 
half and half really so half of it is on based on like a campaign map where it's a turn-based thing and you're controlling settlements and building up armies and it's kind of more grand strategy stuff and then the other half of the game is when a battle actually happens and this is where total war really shines i think they have these huge real-time battles with the, like the scale of which no one else really competes with um like you can zoom the camera out and see all these hundreds and uh like hundreds of varied troops like on a battlefield and then zoom in and see individuals fighting no one no other rts comes close to that no one in strategy comes close to like the 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 epicness i guess for for lack of a better word of a total war battle um and yeah i worry getting into too much detail if you guys aren't huge fans of this series but yeah the new race that's being introduced is a really nice addition it's all about um ambushing and and kind of not letting your enemy set up a proper formation it's it's just very cool i i like that i like that game a lot it the total war series has has had some issues over the last few years they um perhaps the biggest release they've had um up until warhammer was a game called total war rome 2 i don't know if you remember that from a few years ago no sir and uh basically it was a sequel to a game that's really highly regarded and it released with loads of bugs and in a really poor shape it took like a year to fix the game and We've just got to the stage, I think like four years later, where people are finally starting to forgive them for that. So it's nice to just be a Total War fan and not have to apologize for uh, a bad launch. With, so with... the original Total War had nothing to do with Warhammer before, no? Yeah, that's right. So this is the first time they... The Total War has historically been about history. It's always been... Like they've done Rome, um, like the they've done Shogun, which is uh, Japan. They've done uh, Napoleonic Wars, the... Uh, British Empire and medieval, like it's always been history based, and they they pride themselves in being like really accurate in terms of how the various nations and factions worked and interacted with each other. Uh, it's a sandbox thing, so you get to like fuck around with that completely and just like take over the world with like Sparta or something. Um, but the units that you use are, to an extent, to the extent that they can, whilst also making the game fun, uh, historically accurate, and that it's. It, it's they're very 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 impressive games because of that and finally they've got to the stage and i think we've all been waiting for this for a little while anyway because people have been modding it into their games for years and years they were like all right now we're just gonna team up with that other successful um like strategy nerd game that people play on actual boards in actual rooms with real people uh but it costs you a fortune because games workshop is quite an expensive place to have a hobby um <laughs> and yeah like they they teamed up with warhammer and it's been it's like we always expected it to be a very, very good match, and it, it has been, which is a relief. So you say you say it's like a um, uh, DLC, but does yeah, it so feel that, like that, a completely different game then? Uh, it's not really. Like it, it's a good reason to go back. It's not a a huge DLC. There, there were already, uh, let's see, uh, four races, and then the chaos as well. Um, in, in so there was already a, a number of different races you could play as in in Warhammer, and this is adding a new one, and they're going to continue to add new ones for uh, quite a while yeah i think they've got some pretty big plans to bring in all of warhammer fantasy into total war over the next few years and this is the kind of the first step of that but it's been it's been nice to go back i i just i've been dabbling in this since since it released early in the year and it's uh it's a very very good total war game with right. dragons in it instead of like actual historical things that make sense 
Uh, unfortunately, are these games still published by Sega? Totally right off. <laughs> what was that, Matt? Are these games still published by Sega? They used to be published, didn't they? Yeah, right, that's yeah. right. Um, in fact, Sega has just bought the people that made Endless Legend and Endless Space. They also uh, own the people that make Dawn of War. Sega is making a massive push to be like the strategy publisher at the moment. Other than Paradox, like they are, they're really they, like it's those two are the are the publishers of major strategy games. That's great. Um, so well, yeah. I need now some lovely new home hardware to, uh, <laughs> to release to the games one. exclusively on. I like that because we we talked about earlier, like Sonic is coming back, and you know Sega once known for its uh, its home consoles and its iconic characters, and now <laughs> now it like now it's the, doing. the majority of success is coming through like what used to be hardcore niche strategy games. It's sort of it's reinventing itself in a way. When are we going to see Total War Sonic? That's what I Holy want to know. Uh, That's the one I'm getting. We'll see. Well, mate, they've they've like if they've done Warhammer, they'll do anything. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows where they'll go? Is that they've gone that low? Like I, you genuinely would. You, you, there are there are a lot of different. I don't think Sonic is gonna is gonna necessarily be that high up on the list. There are a lot of franchises that you could see working with this stuff. And I, like I said, Warhammer had been modded into Total War games for as long as I've been playing Total War games. So have things like A Song of Ice and Fire or Game of Thrones, like that. You could see another crossover there, perhaps at some point. Um, things like the Free Kingdom stuff. I don't know if you guys are into Dynasty Warriors. Perhaps I love a bit of this. Like if, Dynasty Warriors. If, Warhammer has shown that they can muck around with other franchises. Um, that makes sense. So, what would be your uh, your pick? I think it would actually be a proper A Song of Ice and Fire. Total War game. I, I would. Can't believe there hasn't been a proper Game of Thrones right? game. It's ridiculous, isn't it? There, there actually hasn't been a proper Game of Thrones strategy game. P- people have tried to certain extents. Crusader Kings Two has incredible mod actually for that. But like, how the fuck has there not been a proper strategy game about that world? It's perfect for it, and it's also like the biggest thing other than Pokemon Go that there is. Like, how have yeah, we not had crazy. a proper Game of Thrones thing? There are so many armies and like. Oh, there's so much I can do. Yeah, so they've got story. they've got the map, they've got the families, they've got all the characters. They just need to make a fun like Total War would be a good setup for it. And if they're not already having those conversations, I'd be very. Do you surprised. think it's a fear of sort of a series that's so successful losing an edge because there's a computer game about it? Do you no, think there's still Game of Thrones has already tried before. They have done official games, and they've um, the Telltale ones were were okay, I think. But they have outside of that, they've actually done official releases that were just pretty mediocre um yeah i they've done have they they've done mobile games haven't they oh it's god been... yeah and facebook stuff and yeah like that kind of thing <laughs> for sure um but yeah it is it is very bizarre you, like a total war like the crossover between total war fans and and game of thrones fans would be would be huge and the the setting just seems perfect for it just like warhammer fantasy did they they've got to be having those conversations. If we don't come back to this this moment in like a couple of years and go, oh yeah, look, they were actually doing that, and here's the game, then something's gone horribly wrong. Terribly the thing is, wrong. if they do do that, you know, in a couple of years time, there won't be a TV series because you know it would have ended by then. Mm. It's, it was such a weird time for them to suddenly then release the game. Yeah, I guess it would be good to do it uh, beforehand. But like, you could pick a certain point. There are interesting points in within that timeline. I think like the the Clash of Kings kind of era of Game of Thrones is probably one of the most interesting in term, in terms of what the setup is like politically that would that you could make you put that map into a total war game and it's just fucking great like you don't need to do that much more it's no. it, it it's such a fun setup and 
the fans so you are just there. give me an idea i might uh, send a press release out saying that i'm going to announce the new total war game of thrones game and then just do it in a big warehouse and sort of once everyone arrives just lock them in yeah get rid of the games press <laughs> once and for all <laughs> just get rid of those people uh, it'd, be, it'd be brilliant yeah <laughs> I, it wouldn't be brilliant because you'd probably be in there. What? No, because you've told me that this is happening. I clearly wouldn't go to the warehouse. <laughs> Any okay, like the warehouse, Chris will not be attending. Yeah. <laughs> Unless there's VR porn there. I, I feel like I've got the heads up here. If you want to kill the rest of the Games Press in some kind of weird games media red wedding, that's that's absolutely fine. <laughs> Total War, Game of Thrones plus VR porn. <laughs> Come and join us. Christ. <laughs> um... Right, okay, we've only got one more game on the list to talk about. This one's Matt, um, and we're going to have to bring in SpoilerBot. SpoilerBot, you there? Where else am I going to be? All right, mate, yeah, listen, can you tell us how long to... Because we're going to spoil the rest of um, Life is Strange now. Jesus Christ, you have to be kidding me. Yeah, I know, I know it's old, I'm sorry, but just tell them how far to fast forward. If you are a bellend who wants to avoid spoilers for a year old game, then fast forward 10 minutes and 12 seconds. Cheers. Right, we're clear. We're in the clear. Matt, you've finished Life is Strange. I've never liked Spoiler Bot. That guy's a prick. Yeah, he's a bit, he's a bit mouthy. <laughs> Life is Strange. So I was really excited to talk about this last week, and then um, Farley was not here. So um, anyway, finished Life is Strange, and uh, I loved the last episode. I thought it was fantastic. It is good, isn't it? What Now, James, last, last time you were on, you said that we had an argument about the last episode, and I can't remember why. Did you not like it? No, no, I I really liked it. We we both really liked it, but we we chose different endings. Oh, right. Okay. So just Matt, what which which, which way did you go? Well, I I obviously sacrificed uh, Chloe. Good, oh. obviously, right? It's the obvious one, James. Yeah, I know. You see, this is the thing, right? Is I know it's obvious, and that's why I didn't do it because it's like the whole <laughs> you're game. You're such a fucking rebel. <laughs> no, it's because the whole game they've just been like going on about you know this relationship you got with her. You're trying to save her all the time. It's like it just made the whole you know the whole thing just feel like a pointless waste of time. I was like, no, when I'm not gonna just like sacrifice my best friend. I'm actually gonna sacrifice um, her stepdad, her mum, yeah, or all her family and the friends. You don't know that. Arcadia you don't Bay. know they're all dead. You don't know any of you that. Do. You, you walk just through assuming. the fucking town and there's like limbs hanging out of windows and shit. You know they're definitely dead. You don't. No, you don't see there's like limbs and everything around. Don't you see the the the? No, you just drive through and it's there's been a bit of a storm. It's like <laughs> a bit it's, of a storm. No, 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 no but right. the, the choice being sacrifice. Me, I mean, I, in my head, the whole town was gone. It would have well, destroyed. You know, the, the whole town was uh, uh, town well, was it, gone it, because it's not, if you weren't there, it's... if you weren't there, the cafe blows up with her mum in it. Yeah, no, but if you did, you see the ending where if if you choose her. What happens? Uh, I think I did, and I remember thinking it was a bit crap. Well, yeah, because you you drive through the town, and it doesn't look that bad. No, you don't. You drive out of the town. There's a difference. You drive out of the town, but it doesn't look that bad. (laughs) You know? But But no, it's because I'm just... I was just tired of it. I didn't... That was the thing about that ending, is I didn't like the way it was so binary. Like, this, like, it's like one or the other. And I know... I know that was, like, part of the point, but it just... Ah, I... 
I didn't want to give in. Your fucking want to attitude give in to stinks. You know that. You must have been terrible I didn't want to in give school. In to them. I ain't telling you what I'm. I know what you want me to do, and I'm not going to do that. Exactly. It's like <laughs> such a you can't force me to do that. I'm going to do what I want. She literally time. gives you a big speech at the end. It's like a character-defining moment for Chloe, where she's saying, "I'm happy to die now. I'm prepared to die because I know that my sacrifice will save many lives." She actually becomes the fully rounded character that, that we we were hoping she would become and you were like, fuck that. <laughs> I was like, I don't care. I don't, this is like I'm not I'm not giving this up. And so uh, yeah. But yeah, all the stuff in the all the stuff in the art gallery and stuff like that I thought was excellent. What did you think of the yeah. dream sequence stuff? I thought I thought it was okay. Um that didn't um it, it it didn't do too much for me, but it was certainly interesting. Yeah the self stuff was a bit weak I thought but yeah, um, I, I, mean, I, I still want him to go more mental, but just like literally walking around that that weird um, passage where it's just darkness around you and you can see little, re- little recreations of the previous scenes. I thought that was interesting, but I think they could have done a bit more of it. I'm not sure what, but and it's also just yeah, silly stealth sequences for no reason. But uh, yeah, yeah. That, that 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 final choice where you have to choose whether it's either Chloe or the the town you're sacrificing. I was there for like five. It might be like 15 minutes actually. It's like, what do I do? Yeah, yeah. I told you you were a nightmare. For I was there for game. ages. Like, okay, I was literally weighing out all the decisions. Okay, so if I, if I say, if I sacrifice town, everyone's dead anyway. Yeah, anyway, it, it was a great episode. Um, and I, I love the fact that it ended with that Foles song, Spanish Sahara. It's like, it was a great, great song anyway, great song to end it on. And yeah, I thought it was a nice you... song loads since. You said you were a little bit disappointed with the game after episode three, up until episode three. Do you think it redeemed itself? I, I think it did redeem itself. I mean, I, the, the disappointment came because I, I feel like I wanted to see more of the present day and of well, no, no, I, I, I basically I wanted to see more of what the tornado was going to do. Um, and obviously, there, there's the the constant sort of thing in the background of this tornado was coming, and you had, only had a couple of days or whatever to to get to get things in place to hopefully save people or not but and really you didn't really see any tornado stuff until right at the end but i i thought i was still satisfied even though there wasn't much tornado stuff for like two or three episodes i overall i was definitely satisfied it was i i loved it was really interesting sort of going to the diner and talking to um i can't remember the guy now but that's the sort of psycho guy who was seeing uh rachel for a bit yeah um, it was interesting seeing him because he was much more human um yeah, but I, I, I mean, Warren was an absolute wet blanket, and I, when you went to the um, the diner to get the the photo you needed to to look back into the past, I was like, Warren, just give me the fucking photo. <laughs> Did any of you guys kiss or hug or ignore Warren? I totally gave up? him a kiss. Yeah, I um, I gave him a hug. I feel like it was, it was yeah. Such a oh, tease. I think I ignored him. <laughs> I, I knew you would. I knew you'd ignore him. Um. Okay, so I mean, there was a lot of moments in that in that last episode that I think gets overlooked because of how it ends. Um, you know, the 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 fight. Uh, where is it? David has that fight, and you have to help him out and stuff like that. I thought that was a good moment. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like leaving him there because I was really worried about leaving him in that room. That that was it. You had to tell him that. Uh, oh yeah. That yeah. What did you guys do there? Dead. I I told him because I kind of thought. He, I can't just like lie to him about someone in his life, not like that. Yeah, it's just I, so weird. I didn't tell him because I had hoped that I would be able to like get it fixed before he'd have to know and go through that heartache. So I didn't tell him. And then, yeah, but that timeline technically still existed, didn't it? So it was kind of like it felt a bit weird. 
I don't yeah. know. I was in a weird space at that point. I didn't know what was real and what wasn't. What was? Yeah, uh, yeah. It was. A, it was a strange one. I didn't know which way it was going to go. But yeah, I, I I worried that he was going to kill himself in that room like straight away. But uh, so I didn't really want to tell him. But at the same time, I didn't didn't have it in me not to tell him. If you know what I mean. Mm. But um, overall, yeah, it's an excellent game, and I, I definitely recommend anyone playing it. In fact, um. I guess maybe it's silly because it's a spoiler about territory, but the first episode is free. <laughs> so if anyone's listening to this, um, just out of curiosity, the first episode is now free for everyone. So give it a download and, and start playing. It. I think it's well worth your time. Yeah, for sure. How do you think it it, it shapes up against um, the Walking Dead, the first series of Walking Dead? Um, I mean, the first episode, first series of Walking Dead was just so emotional, and I like. There's like obviously a huge connection between Clementine and Lee, and that was that was. You know, it was just really emotional. Whereas this wasn't really emotional, but I feel like this this talks about subjects which are much more interesting. Um, it's hard to say which one did it better. I mean, this one was it felt like more of a mature story, even though it's very much about like it's very much just a teen drama. Yeah. So I think they're both doing different things. I mean, obviously, Walking Dead had a much greater impact on me than this did, but this is still really, really interesting, and I'm glad, really glad there's a game out here doing doing this. Yeah, for sure. And I think it, I think that stuff's only going to get better. I think people are still perfecting that style of game. And, um, and uh, uh, yeah. So speaking um, about The Walking Dead, um, um, at Comic-Con, um, Telltale announced this thing called, I think it's called Group Play, whereby every, you and your mates um, who are playing Batman and I'm going to assume other Telltale games, you can basically all vote on the choices using your, your phones in the room. Um, and then there's like you basically determine who uh, determine on how many people vote for a certain decision that decision goes forward so you can all sort of vote together and at the end of the game you can see who voted which which direction and the percentages and stuff I hate that a great way of playing it (laughs) (laughs) I hate it it's simply because I don't know anyone that wouldn't just actively try and fuck over your game at every moment you know what I mean there's me all emotionally involved in this story and I'm getting some punk trying to make decisions for me I'm not I don't like that idea okay I was just thinking, like, if you know, if, if, if like you were to get like a family and you wanted to play a game, and you know, it's like a nice way of everyone sort of voting. And but if everyone in your family is going to fuck you over, Dave, then don't play it. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's what the Turners are like, mate. Yeah, they're all I'm scum. Him. Hang on, so the tornado in Life is Strange isn't a metaphor. No shit. <laughs> no, it's a literal. Tornado. I've only played the first episode, and I remember, I remember seeing the visions of what was going to happen. I was like. There's no way it's an actual tornado. Clearly, this is just to represent some kind of uh, disastrous event that's coming towards the town. Holy shit, there's an actual tornado. Actual yeah, tornado. And it's, I mean, Real tornado, it yeah. does represent something. And um, does it represent a tornado? <laughs> I mean, yeah, but there's there's kind of a reason the tornado is coming. All right. Uh, and that's the stuff that, that yeah, that... You know, it does kind of make sense. Okay. You need to. All I'll say is that if you're go, if you're going to play for it, talk to the uh, janitor quite a few times because he offers up his theories about everything, and that that pretty much spells it, it out. Seems legit. Right. Yeah, he is legit. If not the most creepiest character I've ever seen in a video game. Did you talk to him much, Matt? Yeah, I talk to Janet every day. I love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the squirrels. It's just <laughs> just very very creepy. I don't know how he got hired in a school. <laughs> Um, <laughs> he was quite. I, I thought he was going to like know about her about her powers and stuff because he seemed quite insightful and yeah, he seemed weird. He was but just so insightful. 
I say extremely, extremely creepy. No, no, because he said something in the first episode, like, I know you've got powers. I know you can see things. Anyway. Yeah, but he didn't know that. He would have said Michael that. Jackson. He said that to four other girls that day, no doubt. <laughs> I know. <laughs> There's one more girl away from getting fired, that boy. Uh, right, okay, they're the games we've played. We've got a ton of questions to get through, so let's try and breeze through as many of these as possible because I know that, that um, we are running a little bit long now. Um, Matt, are you going to... No, it's James, isn't it? James, you've got your job back. You're reinstated. Yeah. Let's go through these emails. Okay, so first of all, we've got a special mention to Ryan Hammond for his interpretation of Inside and also the ending. Hopefully, we will discuss this email if Sean ever plays inside yeah we want to go through it once uh, once we've all played have you played inside uh, Chris I haven't although I was I was in the office when uh, Christian Dunlin who I work with was playing it and he he was very excited about it and he's got great taste in video games so I'll, I imagine it's very good yeah it's the it's the breaking bad of uh, computer games and what I mean is that if you dare tell anyone that's played right. it that you haven't played it they'll go well you gotta play it fucking hell um, and they're right so- <laughs> it's yeah. good it's really good um and yeah someone sent us uh, a few emails with a load of theories they've got by the end um and all i'll say is that when we recorded our little spoiler bit talking about what we thought the, the whole game was about uh that was very early on and my opinions have changed wildly and this these emails reflect quite a few of the things i've and i really want to talk about you, it you've nicked his opinions haven't you this guy I have, this yeah, guy's no, emailed exactly. in and you're like that's that's pretty smart You've yep. seen through my bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I really want us to talk about Inside again because one of David's opinions is fucking mental. I know. It's a good one. I'm, it's, I'm it's still weird. trying to make it work, but I'm getting there. <laughs> it will not work. <laughs> right, okay. Quick emails. Let's go. Okay, so uh, Hayes Red Mist. He says, well, hello there. I don't know where he's got that from. Uh, he says, here's an email that disappointingly isn't from McDonald's. <laughs> that is disappointing. Four questions for you. Number one, Four. something that's been bugging me. Since you're basically Joypod, Joypod under a different name, now be honest here, did Egg own the copyright for the name Joypod and threaten to litigate your asses to hell now that he's in an American Trump mentalist? <laughs> no, is the short answer to that. We we didn't call it Joypod because it's not Joypod without Michael, is it? So there we go. Um, next question. Okay, despite the kickoffs and misery uh, towards the classic NES Nintendo have released for pre-order, how many of you have ordered it? Uh, no one. No. Are you getting one, Chris? I'm not. No, I. Uh, it's a nice little novelty thing, but I don't. I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't care enough. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, it's it. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Need, I don't need an, another Nes. No, nor do I. No, no one needs one. I don't get it. There's a <laughs> question three. Okay, I'm looking for game recommendations. Lately, I've been playing more and more narrative-heavy games, such as Until Dawn. Why has there been no spoiler cast for this? Uh, we haven't had a spoiler cast because no one really in our group played it. I've just sent it to Matt. Matt's planning for it uh, the next week, so hopefully uh, we yeah. can have a bit well, more of a chat. How long, how long it. will it take me to finish? It's about seven hours, I think. Eight hours. I, I haven't actually finished it myself yet because I was exclusively playing it with my brother and uh, we didn't get the chance to play with it again. So um, I might have to finish it off before we do that. But All right, cool. Yeah. If you didn't listen to that spoiler bit, then you should play Life is Strange, apparently. Yeah, that's very good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. Okay. Next. Uh, In Joypod Stroke Gamer Dork 2010 Christmas special, Leon Cox said the word paedophilia in the early intro. (laughs) Can you please play this in slow motion for us so that we can all be reminded that he had traces of a personality before starting his Radio 4 podcast? Oh, shit. 
It's fucking harsh. It gets worse. Also, Chris Pratt is a bell. That, is, that is not what I wrote into the Google Doc to try and ruin this question. <laughs> there's a bit of a uh, there's a bit of a battle going on in the Google Doc at the moment this with people adding stuff and people <laughs> editing it. Um, uh, I will try. I I did listen to that this morning to try and find that bit, but it is quite further in than you might think. I don't know. Have you heard Kane and Rince, uh, Chris? Yes. So um, we discovered that playing a ca- episode of Kane and Rince at half speed right. using uh, your your podcast app of choice is the best way to listen to really? <laughs> pretty much any podcast, but especially that one. Um, let me try and see if I'm anywhere near the bit where he says that. Is that only half speed? That's incredible. That is only half speed. In fact, actually, what I might be able to find if I could fill some time for just two seconds is uh, let's see if this works. Priests made a pot out of clay, we think. Stuck it under his head to catch all of the oil. Oh, that's Christian Dunlin. <laughs> it oh, totally is. I love that man. Probably went on lunch break. But that's oh, it doesn't and... sound right. Make it stop. Make it stop. <laughs> I listened to this show uh, when I edit it together. And uh, no, tell you what, I listened to this show through three times uh, after we've recorded. One to check the audio the next day just before I edit it to make sure I pick up all the edits. The second's when I'm editing in the in the evening, and the next is at half speed <laughs> because <Wow>. it's the <laughs> fucking figure. Um, there was a bit where James a couple of episodes ago where James made a joke and it just did not go over, and there was a little five seconds of silence. Increase that to ten seconds. It's even funnier. Um, <laughs> right, I'm sorry, I can't find that specific word. I apologise, but there's uh, there's a little bit of the 2010 Joypod Christmas special played at half sc- half uh, speed. Next uh, next email. Okay, so we got uh, Matthew Joseph Woolley says, Hi, I'm teaching a bunch of 9 to 14-year-olds how to design games this week. I've never designed a game myself, uh, which you think would be a problem, but apparently not. What piece of knowledge should I impart to them in order to create incredible developers? Hugs and kisses. Matt. See, there's there's a problem here, isn't there? You've not you're teaching kids how to des- design games, <laughs> and you don't know how to design games, and you're asking people who don't know how to design games <laughs> how to design games. So I thought, what's the way around this? Well, we're friends with some designers, so I forwarded your email to um, uh, Spilt Milk. Andy from Spilt Milk, uh, who made oh, you know, Tango Fiesta. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he is a good dude. Top boy. Um, and if if you like uh, Andrew, then definitely check out the interview we had with him on YouTube uh, while we were playing Rocket League. So I sent this email on to him and asked him for his advice. And he sent back a really long email that was full of brilliant stuff. Um, a lot of it was technical stuff that I will forward on to you, uh, Matthew. But um, uh, the more sort of general stuff he added to the end, which is what James is going to read now. Okay, so he says, um, but all that said, I can't really stray far from a piece of classic advice that apparently Nintendo's designers keep close to heart. You should think about the player's feelings when they're playing your game and try to make sure every action they take brings a smile to their face. It may sound corny, but if every one of those interesting decisions, if both the risk and reward outcomes end up with the player smiling, you're on to an absolute winner. I feel this is most recently interestingly shown by Nintendo in their shooter Splatoon. Even missing your shots at an enemy team member, normally a bad thing in a competitive shooter, is turned into something that will make a player smile, 
because you help paint uh, to the floor in your team's colour. Not to mention all those amazing animation and sound effects that happen when you do. In fact, they wanted to encourage those smiles so much, the whole game is built around this idea. Not only did it make the actions fun, it resulted in a very innovative game in a very crowded and stagnant genre. On the practical side, pencils, paper, dice and cards are all, all you really need to make some brilliant games. So go nuts. There you go. Nice bit of advice from the nicest guy I know, <laughs> Andrew. Um, okay, let's go to the tweets. Okay, so first of all, we've got from Tom. Um, he says, unsubbed. How does he feel now that you've lost a listener because of him? I think he's referring to... <laughs> yeah, because this is... Um, oh, this that's is... my old boss, isn't it? <laughs> this is old boss, Tom Ory. Yeah. Uh, he's saying he's unsubbed, uh, unsubbed well, to that's... the podcast. I, I know fully well that Tom Ory listens to no video game podcast. He doesn't yeah, even listen to his to own video game podcast. So there's no way that he was subbed in the first place. So I wouldn't worry about that too much. And oh. he's just being grumpy because that's his brand. I wouldn't. I'm not. I'm not even going to answer that question <laughs> on your behalf. <laughs> I just think because I was literally going to email him at some point and say, "Hey, do you want to come on uh, to the show at some point?" And uh, and then I just thought, no. He sounds like the sort of person that would that would just be an absolute nightmare for him, and he wouldn't want to get yeah. involved. So I thought he, I'll is, just he is a lovely man. I should say that. Um, <laughs> Despite his grumpy online persona, he's he's a lovely, lovely man. But yeah, there's no way he listens to actual video game podcasts. <laughs> I'd not even a chance. Then. Um, yeah, well, he's my favourite on on the video gamer podcast. He just makes me laugh. <laughs> he just takes no bullshit from anyone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> always cheers me up. Next uh, tweet. Okay, Joshua Garrity says: Now that VR is becoming a thing, the next sensory frontier for games is smell. What games would you most like to smell? Jesus, I can't think of a game world that would actually smell half that. Cooking Mama, maybe? That could be quite good. My mind's already gone back to that VR porn thing that we were talking about before, what? and now I don't Are ever want to think about this question ever again. <laughs> There's some smells there that I would not be ready for. Uh, what's, of lube. What, is a, what, would, what is a nice video game that, has, that would smell nice? There's got to be some, surely. Something not set all... in like, some sort of... I mean, Robocod smell quite nice wouldn't it because it'd just be ah oh, it'd be fish and penguins wouldn't it as like, i reckon mario world would smell great really you know it's got all those yeah it's got like you know donut planes and you know the whole thing be all right what about mm. um yoshi's woolly world of like you know freshly that would smell good. yeah like that See, game is is disgustingly cute i'm sure it would smell disgustingly cute the irony being that no game will smell as good as a freshly opened cape video game case smells like that is the ultimate smell. You open that up and it just, I don't know what it is. It's the same with like certain magazines. You used to open magazines and smell the pages and that and you're like, fuck, that smells good, man. <laughs> just just me? Okay. No, uh, no, I hear you, I hear you. Right. <laughs> magazines definitely, but game case. No. Yeah, no, yeah, game cases, yeah. I Not since they got all of the manuals. No, they can still, they still have a good bit of factory in there. <laughs> I'd love to just work in that fact just to smell all day uh, but then you know get paid next to nothing next question you just hey, made that Martin way too Deguz. real at the end there <laughs> I did yeah okay question for uh, Brazzers uh, do you still have an obsession about horses also what's say. your favourite horse themed game why have you asked these people for questions um, <laughs> I don't have an obsession with horses I uh, I don't even I how don't did that come said. about come and tell that story there is, there's not much of a story. My uh, sister is a show jumper. Um, right. That's her job. I, which means I'm actually not, I don't have the most absurd job out of my family, which is good. Um, <laughs> I And 
yeah, like because of that, because that that is slightly different than the norm, I guess. And Video Gamer, where I used to work, is a very cruel and mean spirited <laughs> company. They just latched onto that as a weakness, and um, it, it carried on, and it still exists now to this day. Even though I've I left, I fled the company. Um, yeah. I, escaped. I, to, ask, to answer the second part of that question, which is your favourite horse-themed game? I think horses in video games are usually pretty fucking awful. I, most bad. of them control terribly. You can't do handbrake turns, and they're just genuinely annoying. Like, uh, Shadow of the Colossus, you're supposed to have this deep connection with the horse that you're riding, right? It's yep. supposed to be a real part of the game. There's, you know, It builds up to us a moment later on where you, you fear for its safety, and it's all it's all emotions and the horse is great and it's helped you out it's fucking horrible to control and it makes the boss fights way worse than they should be horses and games other than perhaps red dead redemption that worked quite well yeah genuinely pretty bad but it only works quite well in red dead because you can like hold down x and they'll just they'll just run at a decent speed and not probably not run into trees but like that's still a probably Um, horse was one of the worst things about witcher 3 for me right yeah I did not like him getting constantly caught on a rock. It's just like, mate, come on. Yeah. What are you doing? Uh, but yeah, no, you're right. Shadow Colossus, when it, when it turned up at the end, I was more like... Oh, yeah, no, come on, mate, again. just jog on. Or <laughs> trot, or whatever it is that you do. Yeah, I absolutely. Um, actually, the best thing about horses in Red Dead Redemption, which is going to sound really fucking weird, is when you when you shoot them, when they're going like, at full speed, the, the physics in that game are some of the best horse dying whilst running at full speed animations I've ever seen. That game that game nails it. And it's it's the most enjoyable thing to do in the multiplayer. Did you ever you guys play much of the Red Dead multiplayer? Yes, yes, we did. I, think I played a little bit at the beginning, yeah. yeah. You can't you can't annoy a player in a video game more than when you shoot their horse from underneath them whilst they're like galloping at full speed. It is <laughs> it is perfect. Well that's something to do, uh, now that the game's back on Xbox One. Indeed. Get on that, start shooting some Just horses. Shoot in horses. The head. <laughs> is this you trying to go so yeah, opposite I'm trying, I'm trying to, to fight back against the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, next tweet James okay um, okay so we got to uh, this is from Wes Foster who says my workmates are always going on about what I call myself online do you do yours and have you ever told them your game attack what's he calling himself online like, you can't just say that and not no, tell no, us no, what it, the it, name it, is well his twitter name is robot of doom oh mate come on Wes yeah that is bad come one. on you, you, sort it out you know why they're going on at you for that James, um, uh, sorry, Matt, tell uh, Chris what your first ever internet name was. Well, I mean, I was I was young, Chris. Mm-hmm. Just, to tell um, him. We all were. Uh, 16-bit pixel. Oh. So as you can imagine, <laughs> lot, a lot of girlfriends. It's not bad. Younger, lots of girlfriends. Yeah. Yep. Was... David, David's was much worse. It's, say good dude. Yours is worse, David. Yeah, say good dude. I love say good I should have called myself that. You, you obviously <laughs> took it before me. No, I was so adamant that the Saturn was decent. Oh, God, decent I feel sorry for on. not being more into Sonic earlier on. If that was your username, <laughs> yeah, once. I was crying. I had to put my mic on. I like you. their strategy publishing. That's good. Right, okay, let's do one more and then get out of it. Okay, uh, we got. Uh, what oh, not this one. Not this one. Well, Bratch's ego gets so big that he started calling himself Shaggers. That, that's from Colin Smith. Why uh, did you call yourself Shaggers or Smith? This, this, well, clearly, that is not something I've ever done. I, <laughs> I, I'm not I sure know, how much cause... of a freaking in joke this is, but um, I I don't know why this happened. But I uh, there's a guy I used to work with called Jim Trinker, a video gamer, lovely man. Scottish, very loud, has bad opinions about Star Trek. And another guy, 
who uh, works at IGN called Gav Murphy, who is Welsh and very sarcastic, and together they decided to make a fake Twitter account, which was like <laughs> me, but really into shagging. And I, I guess I guess it's funny because I, I'm quite an awkward, shy man. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but there was some juxtaposition there between the shaggers and... The Twitter account that I was using. See, I really, I ha- really wish I didn't have to answer this question. I have got a story as well that plays into this question. Okay. Do you not remember? When I we remember met? the, I remember the, uh, the voicemails at Video Gamer TV <laughs> during our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Is that linked to uh, this? Yeah, no, it's not. Okay. It was when we met at the Destiny party last year. Oh yeah, and- okay, I remember. I did, everyone was saying, oh yeah, Chris is a great guy and I wanted to come over and talk to you because I'd listened to you on the podcast for ages. And uh, I was everyone chatting... Everyone was saying that was a great guy. That's brilliant. Excellent. To, yeah, everyone was like, saying, oh, really down to earth. And then sure. I was chatting to Sam, I think, Sam White, and but within earshot of you. And I heard you turn around to someone, I think it was your boss at Eurogamer. I didn't know who it was. Okay. And you said people don't go to Eurogamer to watch videos. Oh no, they, no! They go to no. Eurogamer for the presenters. That's what you said. That, oh god! Oh, there was some context for this, and I I desperately can't remember it right now. That is not. Oh <laughs> my god! I remember. I stopped to turn around and went, "Did I just hear that uh, right? Are they, are they going for you and not for Eurogamer? Is that is, what you were oh saying?" Oh my god! How is this? This this podcast is. I hope I hope people have kind of like. They they got towards the end. They're like, oh, the, you know, we'll just we'll just tune out now. It's fine. I've got something else to do. I'm not going to listen to the last couple of questions. That is not who I am. Just to that's be clear, not a, that's a, that's not that's not a bullshit story though, Chris. Is it? It isn't. It isn't. It's completely true. But there was a reason that I said it, and that I really wish I could remember right now. Um, oh, well, he won't well, be coming I, on again, will he? Yeah. I, came, I came away from that. That uh, that evening, thinking, "Wow, <laughs> what a fucking dick!" <laughs> oh. I didn't. It was just more funny seeing your reaction because, um, like, I I get, I knew what you were saying. It was just like it would just come out wrong, and then all yeah. of a sudden, you just went pale white when I sort of pointed <laughs> out. <this point. laughs> it, was be- oh. it was beautiful. Uh, so there we go. We've thoroughly destroyed our guest. Yep, and, that's, uh, that has absolutely ruined me. I got. I can't come back from that. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, do you want to do the social media shit? Uh, absolutely. Well, um, this show's on iTunes. It'd be awesome if you could leave a review. Five stars uh, would be lovely. Um, that we're also on Pocket Casts. If you're listening to us, or if you want to subscribe on on Android, uh, we'll love your emails. Uh, you can email the show at thecomputergameshow at gmail We're at computergamepod on Twitter. And we're at facebook.com slash the computer game show. Um, our YouTube channel is a place where you can find uh, these episodes that go up every Wednesday and any streams, any archive streams that we've done. Um, and we're also on Twitch, but we haven't really done much streaming for a while in all honesty. Um, that's about it for social. Well, me, me, and, me and David did, but he lost, so if he doesn't want to talk so about I didn't it. Oh, it was just a FIFA game that you, you deleted because you lost. Yeah, it was the ultimate. And we're going to have to do that for every FIFA game, I think. I bet, I bet just before the next one comes out, we should just put underline it with some sort of live stream thing. But it's 1 0 to uh, James because he, he done me, which was sickening because that's the first time you've beaten me in about, I'd say, about eight years. I was down down to 10 men as well. I <laughs> know. Oh, uh... That was outrageous. Um, but, Chris, seriously, all jokes aside, thanks so much for coming on. It's been a, a brilliant to have you on the show. And, yeah, thank um, you. 
uh, look forward to you. all your um, future content for Eurogamer. Yeah, is there anything cool. you want to plug? Uh, yeah, I, I work for uh, a site called Eurogamer. We do video stuff. And obviously, you wouldn't come to watch the videos because of Eurogamer. You come to watch the presenters. Just know that I'm pointing at myself right now. <laughs> with <laughs> with both thumbs. thumbs. Just like yeah, right but, I did actually do it with both thumbs. You, I, I didn't need to. I'm not in the same room, but I did it anyway. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> it's, been, it's been really nice. Thank you for having me on and... Yeah, it's been nice to talk about some cool video games. We talked about some cool ones as well. This would be a good We good did. Chat. We've been all over the place, haven't we? Yeah. Nice. And some old stuff. So, you know, we don't ask you for money. All I'm saying is PayPal. Um, thanks for listening <laughs> and thanks for living it. We will see you next week with uh, another special guest while Sean still waits for his internet to arrive in a little box. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> oh, God. Was, was I supposed to, Oh, fuck. I was waiting for someone else to say bye first. Oh.